Sup, freaks? It's your tired Uncle Marty here to introduce this episode of Rabbit Hole Recap. Fear not. Matt O'Dell is with us. He did not leave us. He just took a little Twitter break. Now he's back. Court a great RHR. I think you freaks are going to like it. This episode is brought to you by our good friends at the Daddy Fucking Cash App. Ew, it sounds dirty. Sounds dirty coming off the ca- the tongue. Cash App's out with you. Stack sats, send sats, receive sats, sell sats. If you so please, we're saying sats, 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 sats. The sats are the standard now. There are 100 million sats in one Bitcoin. You don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin. You can buy whole sats instead. <clears throat> you DCA and no sats. You can buy daily, weekly, bi-weekly via the Cash App. You can get your paychecks direct deposited into the Cash App. They're offering a count numbers and routing numbers so you can stack sats even quicker uh they have their boost program which sometimes allows you to get sats back on purchases made wherever visas accepted the whole shebang i sent a, i sent some bitcoin via the cash app to to my brother last night just typed in his cash tag he came over he babysat my young boy i mean he didn't ask for sats but i gave him some sats and i sent it over cash app and just sent it to his cash tag he didn't have a wallet on him at the time so i was like here take them it's cool Use the code stacking sats if you haven't downloaded the Cash App yet. It's S T A C K I N G S A T S. You're gonna get ten dollars, and ten dollars is gonna go to our good friends at Owls the Cross. That's Owls the Cross. <laughs> Owls Lacrosse. This rope is also brought to you by our very, 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 very good friends at Unchained Capital. Unchained Capital is an incredible company in space. They love Bitcoiners. We love them. They're building financial products for Bitcoiners with security in mind using bitcoin first principles using bitcoin's native properties to bring ow just hit my funny bone ah peter griffin moment ah, that hurt that hurt that was a bad funny bone hit anyway unchained they're here for you freaks security first mindset Mm-mm. they have a special deal for your freaks a white glove concierge service if you if you want to set up a multi-sig vault where you hold two two of three keys in a two or three multi-sig quorum, you hold two keys, so you can always move your Bitcoin out of the vault without Unchained being involved. But Unchained will hold a key, and if you ever need them, they'll have that that key, and they can be the second of two in the two or three multi-sig signature to move your UTXOs. Again, they have a white glove concierge services. All this is a little daunting to you. You're new to self-custody and multi-sig, and it's just like scary. Well, Unchained, they're, they're going to wipe your ass. They're going to put on their white gloves. They're going to wipe your ass, and they're going to teach you how to do multi-sig with their Volt product. They're going to teach you about multi-sig. They're going to teach you about their Volt product, how it works. They're going to get you practicing. They're going to do two video conference calls with you to walk you through all this. They're going to get you hardware wallets. They're going to make sure that you're comfortable producing private public key pairs and and securing your seed phrase. They're going to have you practicing. They're going to send small amounts and then bigger amounts and ease into it. And then at the end of the day, when you get your hardware wallets, when you get the Volt set up, the multi-sig Volt, and you're feeling comfortable, they're going to throw a $1,000, 1000 cuck bucks worth of Bitcoin into the vault worth of sats. And you freaks, if you tell them TFTC sent you, you're going to get $50 off this white glove concierge service. So get a clean butt and a secure stash. Go to www.unchained-capital.com and check out everything they're doing beyond the vault, lending, content, incredible stuff. We'll link to the concierge service in the show notes. This rip was also brought to you by good friends at Hoddle Hoddle. Hoddle Hoddle is here to offer you freaks, no KYC, anonymous, borderless lending. If you want, if you don't want to sell your Bitcoin 
need some liquidity, you can use HODL HODL, their LEND platform, LEND.HODLHODL.com, LEND, L-E-N-D.HODLHODL.com. It's a new non-custodial Bitcoin-backed lending platform. It allows peer-to-peer lending and borrowing between users globally, anonymously, and on your own terms. Okay? Again, you put the Bitcoin in the multi-sig escrow, you get stable coins, you get liquidity, and you can go do with, with them what you will as long as you're paying back your loan. You don't need to entrust someone with your funds. Your collateral always remains locked in the multi-sig escrow, and you control a key to it. So you can always watch it. You always have eyes on it. Make sure they're not rehypothecating it. And if you have some stable coins, you're looking to get a return on those. Lend at Hodl Hodl offers the ability to get a return on those. Very high average APR. They're saying it. But when they gave me this ad read, they said it was uh, 25% then. It was a couple months ago. I don't know where it is now. This is available to U.S. customers. If you're in the U.S., like, oh, Hodl Hodl, great product, great exchange. Haven't been able to use them because I'm in the United States. This product is available to you because it's non-custodial. It's beautiful. Leveraging Bitcoin's native properties to bring products to people who get cucked by regulators sometimes. So again, go to lend.hodlhodl.com, create your offers, and set your own terms today. Last but not least, this rip is brought to you by our great, great friends at Brains. Brains, B-R-A-I-I-N-S, Brains. Uh, you probably most famously know them as the operators of Slushpool. They've been running Slushpool since 2013. Back in 2018, they were released the first free and open source firmware on AntMiner S9 so that miners would have an alternative to Bitmain firmware. If you remember correctly, if you recall correctly, Bitmain was was fucking around. They were messing around with their firmware, uh, particularly with Amplead. In 2017, a bunch of developers discovered that Bitmain's firmware gave them the ability to shut your miner off remotely. Very sneaky. Very bad. In 2018, the Brains team verified... uh, I mean, Brains basically brought Brains OS Plus, this firmware, to the market for users so they don't have to use Bitmain's software. They verified the S9s could run about 13% more efficiently with overt ASIC boost. This feature wasn't public and wasn't enabled by Bitmain, so Brains brought it to market. And Brains OS Plus is a custom auto-tuning firmware that gives miners more control over their ASICs and helps them stack more sats, makes them more efficient, lets them squeeze squeeze the liquid out of the rock more, more sats out of the rock. Currently supporting Antminer S9s, the S17, the T17 generation. They're working on what's minor. When what's minor, Ed? Edward Evenson, I know you're listening to this. When When's what's minor? I know it triggers you. I love triggering you. The open source initiative, still going strong. Brains leading the Strat V2 development along Macrol and Square Crypto, a more decentralized mining pool protocol. Brains is working on the implementation. They actually have it implemented on Slush Pool, Strat V2, that is, uh, and it's included in Brains OS Plus firmware if you're using that. So they also push out a lot of good content and have good profitability tools. So go check them out. That's Brains, B R A I I N S, B R A I N S dot com. Check out all of this incredible content. I just see today they launched something with. Uh, if you're if you're operating a, a large mining farm, they have some some software for you, like a dashboard software. They partnered with, I forget who, um, Fat Pool maybe Fat Pool. Let me find it. Let me find it. Give me a second here. I'm gonna find it. I'm sorry. I know you're all complaining. Ad reads. Ad reads. Deal with it. Farmgod.io. Stop trying to play God. Stop trying to play God. I gotta listen to more Kendrick. Yeah, Farm God. The all-in-one mining management. I'm not giving them an ad they didn't pay for. <clears throat> Go check it out. Brains, B-R-A-I-I-N-S.com. 
Interesting shout out on this one. Don't ever give me, you'll, you'll listen to it. Never accepting those shout outs. And I'll be sending those sats back. Maybe I'll keep them. Spam deterrence. I only have to keep it once, not read it. Maybe it'll be, eh, I don't know. Let me know what you think. Enjoy. Okay. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. Let's just fucking rip this shit. That's what you just told me, Matt O'Dell. So we're, we're ripping this shit now. What's up, dude? Freaks are worried about you. How are you? Are we live? Yes, we're live. Ugh, not going dark on the freaks so quickly. I'm frustrated, Marty. Are you not frustrated in this bull market? I think I, I actually... I'm very optimistic right now. You're very optimistic right now, cheerleader Marty. Hey, not cheerleader. No, just things I'm seeing on on the ground. Me, my other ventures in the space. Uh, I'm very optimistic right now. That's all I'll say. No, yeah, I'll say more. We've got we got some we got some items on the list that are making me optimistic. Okay, Marty, that's great and all. I am also optimistic. Um, I'm bullish on Bitcoiners. I'm bullish on humanity. I believe Bitcoin's designed to pump forever. Um, I'm excited that a lot of our predictions are starting to come to fruition. It seems like um, we're able to tell the future and everyone else is just trying to fucking figure out what the fuck is going on after the fact. Um, so all of those things are consistent. Um, but also at the same time, we have the same fucking bullshit that started to happen around early 2017, started to really hit full force in early 2017 where we had every charlatan fucking scammer come out of the fucking woodwork and try and run interference for like every fucking scam there is. And they do gotcha questions and, and all these different, you know, what about isms and shit. Um, and this time it's, it feels even more insidious, at least last time, I guess, you know, it was like, it was kind of more obvious on the surface. You could see ICOs and all, you know, it was like really, really, um transparent maybe i don't know i maybe not transparent is the wrong word um egregious yeah i mean specifically what i am witnessing is a the, this whole idea of this custodial yield where you provide your bitcoin to a regulated custodian who kycs the fuck out of you and they provide you some magical interest rate um, is insidious. It's insidious and it's providing an incentive to newcomers to give up custody of their Bitcoin. And it reeks of shitcoinery to me. It absolutely reeks of shitcoinery to me. And my question is, if you are someone who thinks that shitcoin promoters should be called out when they don't properly disclose trade-offs and they use what and they run interference or scams 
um, and insinuate that, oh, well, you know, most, most shit coins are, are, are going to zero. Most shit coins are scams, but not, maybe not my shit coin. Maybe this one shit coin, if you put your Bitcoin in, you'll have more Bitcoin later. Understand the risks is like the same exact fucking thing that's happening with all this yield bullshit. And it's only going to get worse from here. It's only going to get fucking worse. And we're getting to the point where there's large accounts on Twitter and shit that are fanning the flames of this, these like dangerous concepts, like, like that, that the risk of storing your Bitcoin on a regulated custodian that rehypothecates as a service is a less risk for a newcomer than if they try and learn self-custody. And they, they, they're actively pushing this narrative and it's only going to get fucking worse. And, and so, <laughs> so that, so I need a little bit of a break from Twitter because I was fucking furious. I know. I know you were. I could tell you were. I think everybody could tell you were. But Matthew, a wise man once told me, don't get triggered online. It's a sign of weakness. Well, that's why, that's why I just signed off. Yeah. I <laughs> know. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, it could, I mean, again, to be clear, be aware of the risk freaks. I know some of you out there are using these interest-bearing services. I'm sure everything's been working out well for most of you up to this point. Just be aware of the risk. Be aware of the risk. Be aware of the options out there. It's going to fucking blow up. It's going to blow up. You're not going to have any Bitcoin when it's all said and fucking done. Oh, is it definitely going to blow up? Mark, this is the problem, right? This is the problem. It's the same fucking thing that happened with shit coins. And, and I at least think I'm a little bit more consistent here than some other people in this space. Because as far as I'm concerned, shit coins weren't a threat to Bitcoin and they still aren't a threat to Bitcoin. I'm completely fine with people putting their money in shit coins. If you want to put your money in shit coins, by all means, do it. You have a right to do it. I think people should have options. People should be able to exercise their own right. Ma free market. You know, I 100% believe in the free market. Um, I, who, who I take, take issue with is people who know better and intentionally mislead people for, for profit, right? For the promoters that are intentionally not disclosing the trade-offs, right? So even in a world... And this is where it comes back to the ICO shitcoin bullshit. Even in a world where let's say, you know, you're a provider of, of this yield interest and you're not, uh, you're just trying to act in your user's best interest and you're not rehypothecating um, and you're, you know, you're, so you're not relending it out and you're running a full reserve. I don't even know where you're getting the yield from, but let's just say you're in this theoretical world where you're, you're offering all this stuff and maybe you have insurance and you have it fully disclosed and stuff there's always going to be a scammier offering that offers 2% more, right? Yeah. And what you're doing is you're providing cover for that scammier option because you're saying it's the same thing like, like oh, 99% of shitcoins are scams, but not the 1%. But, but, but the newcomer should go figure that out. Which one is that 1%, you know? And you're like providing cover for it. And it's just going to, it's, I, 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 we understand. We, we, yeah. Go on. We understand your frustration. I, I know where you're coming from. Again, somebody like, it's not in my risk appetite. I am uh, completely content with the games that Bitcoin uh, and it's number go up. Technology has provided me up to this point, And I believe will continue to provide me into the future. As you said, Bitcoin is designed to pump forever and, I'm not willing to risk it for the 6% biscuit. 
Um, personally, again, some of you freaks out there are. Beware of the risk. Uh, and if you are shilling these products, make sure that you're articulating the risk, right? I think that's important uh, to stay logically consistent and be a good steward of, of stuff that's going on, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I that's a very level-headed uh, distillation of kind of where I'm at here. Um, but, uh, I lit. I, I don't, I don't think that these products should be in the risk appetite of anyone who's new period. Like it's, Agreed. it's like, you know, if, 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 if you're some, if, 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 if you're, if you're some old timer that should know better and you, you want to make a little bit of yield off of, of your Bitcoin, then, then it makes more sense to me. But like these newcomers, like what? Like this guy, a guy who owns, you know, 10 million sats and is just trying to stack for his first time is, is being encouraged and pushed into these services. And it just seems wrong. It just seems wrong. And it just feels like no one's fucking talking about it for the same fucking reasons that people let the shit coins happen. And there's a lot of hypocrites on the Bitcoin side of things that are very, very outspoken about shit coins that are very, very quiet about this shit. You be warned, freaks. We'll warn you here. Understand the risk. Understand the options. Like I said, I'm extremely bullish right now. We don't have to focus on this. I know not all of you are are doing this stuff. Probably most of you aren't. Let's talk about the good stuff. We're gonna start on Clark's dashboards. <laughs> we got accused of. I also been getting accused of fucking fud all the time, um, which I'm aware of, freaks. So I front loaded it with bullish shit on the list. <laughs> There is a ton of bull. I mean, I'm very optimistic. I mean, we are winning. I think we're going to win spectacularly based on what's going on right now. We're, we'll get to it. First, Clark's dashboard. Consolidating, consolidating, consolidating. Are you bored of this price action yet, Matthew? We're sitting at $57,760. One cuck buck is going to get you 1,731 sats. I fucking Moscow. love this consolidation. Stacker's paradise. Let's fucking go. Moscow, uh, Moscow, t- Moscow time is standing still right now, it seems. Uh, we're sitting at a 1 trillion, 80 billion market cap. I'm pretty sure I got that right. I got that right. I probably got it wrong now that I'm thinking about it, but whatever. <laughs> we are 6.5% below the all-time high of $61,760. Uh, Rodolfo has been adding to the corporate treasury uh, website currently sitting at 1,373,437 Bitcoin are being held on corporate treasuries at 79.3 billion cuck bucks worth of Bitcoin or 7.35% of the total Bitcoin supply. Current block height is 678,352, 18,677,111.33 Bitcoin have been distributed to the network. That's 88.94% of all the Bitcoin that will ever exist, of all the 21 million Bitcoin that will ever exist. Uh, Lightning public capacity is standing pretty still as it has for quite a while. We had a difficulty adjustment since the last time we met Matt, and it was a 5.8% upward adjustment. Uh, I believe we're sitting at difficulty all-time high right now, also hash rate all-time high according to some estimates. We're 1,040 blocks away from the next 
uh, difficulty adjustment, which is estimated to be on April 15th, 2021. Blocks are currently coming in at nine minutes and 55 seconds. That's five seconds quicker than the 10 minute block target. So we're looking at a upwards difficulty adjustment of about 1% if blocks keep coming in at this pace over the next 1,040 blocks. There's 52,295 transactions in Clark's mempool. Fees are fees per block have been uh, trending down around the half a Bitcoin per block area over the last uh, three months, I believe it is, according to my block clock. Um, so it's been interesting to follow. Yeah, you know, all's quiet on the on the Bitcoin front, it seems, except for like what's happening outside of the Bitcoin network uh, with announcements and developments and there's coin flips going on. What do you think of the coin flip? Let's start with the coin flip. I fucking thought it was hilarious. Uh, <laughs> your caps like coin flip tweet. And then like the next morning you like woke up, like I guess like a little bit hungover or not. And you're like, I don't really like it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just like, it was, it was all, it was all happening in the moment. So I was just like excited. I was like coin flip. What the fuck? Like I was reading the mailing list. I was like coin flip. And it, it like happened as I was writing the bent that day. So I wrote about it and I, in the bend, I just tried to be uh, as objective as possible, just explain what was happening and, and like not really put my opinion in. Cause I didn't know if I had one. Yeah. Then I slept on it. Woke <laughs> up, and I was like, yeah, I don't know if I like this. I think regardless of your opinion, you shouldn't like the coin flip idea. Yeah. So let's explain it. You want to explain it for the freaks? You want me to? So, so the, a bunch of a bunch of Bitcoin developers have been having these weekly meetings on IRC or sometimes bi-weekly um, about taproot activation. And I guess the most recent one, there was a variable that it seemed like a bunch of, of the participants were split between whether or not they should use it. Um, and it was it was either the actual block height or the medium time passed, correct? Yes. Was, I believe it was like will activate after but what's the activation logic yeah uh, like so 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 when you're doing activation logic but in this case i guess it was it was the speedy trial concept right where we have three months minus of three months to signal then after those three months if they signal it it'll activate um three months after that and the question is what is the time that you put in that activation logic and and it was block height versus medium time passed. And because there was a disagreement, they basically decided that at a future block, the hash of that block would act as a coin flip. And if it fell one way or the other, everyone in that disagreement would agree with whichever way it went, right? Yes. And not everybody agreed. <laughs> I mean, right. Height makes so much more sense to me, I think. But I'm, I don't know if I just think that because like grass is greener because like MTP got selected. I don't, I'm too Block dumb. height just seems clean. Yeah, block height seems really clean. But is I mean, the I don't argument get the that there could be a reorg at that block height? What? I don't get the median time pass. What is it like? You have an activation well, threshold. The median time pass is because the issue is, the reason we use block height in the first place is because you don't, the timestamps aren't standardized. So you need median. Uh, because the timestamps are like within an error range, but the miners are just submitting their own timestamps. Yeah, you could technically have like a higher block height, but a, a time that's 
which is why we, they the would use median because just in case fuckery happened that it would get averaged out yeah i'm too i dumb. just i think the bears the bears aspect of this is that there's just why did this even, why are we even in this tangential discussion i i the whole point of speedy trial i thought was just to speedy trial it yeah figure it out is the coin like such a developer argument right and so that's like that's why i think like i did all caps coin flip i was like oh we figured something out to to uh, break a stalemate if you will will and then um yeah then i slept on it i was like i don't know is this the best way like is this a precedent like is a coin flip a precedent that could bite us in the ass in the future we talk a lot about precedents with protocol upgrades is this one of those hastily thought out solutions that that'll come back to bite us in the ass i don't know i'm waiting for our resident young opinionated uh bitcoin core dev ben the carmen to jump into this live chat and tell us what to think but uh i just want to be clear to the freaks like i think this is a little bit above my pay grade i think it's a little bit above marty's pay grade um i think it's an important topic though which is why marty covered in the vent and we're talking about it here um but i think that one of the key aspects for people to realize is that bitcoin is hard to change and that that's a feature not a bug uh, so whenever things get delayed you shouldn't uh, fret. You should just be grateful that any bad changes would also get delayed, hopefully indefinitely. Yeah. And so there was some action on the Bitcoin dev mailing list earlier today. Michael Folkson, Folkson, excuse me, uh, wrote like a little, <laughs> the, uh, God, the, the uh, subject of the emails update on speedy trial, colon, the circus rolls on. Uh, and basically, gave a breakdown of what we just described and then so andrew polster responded to that and i think this is interesting for what it's worth as somebody who wants to use taproot i don't care at all about activation parameters and i especially don't care about block height versus mtp if a coin toss is what it takes for people to move past this that's fine by me and then matt corolla responded to that it's probably worth noting but while the coin toss was acceptable to many people as who cares, just move on. The two authors of actual code for the two proposals here also came to an agreement on a way forward. So it's not like it was a coin toss to overrule everyone on the other side. I think people proposing MTP and block height both agreed to a coin toss. Um, I don't know. It's it, like Matt said, it's above my pay grade. Figure it out. That's all I'm going to say. I just, I just think it's. Oh, Ben, you're in the live chat. Uh, are we, are we supposed to be happy with the coin flip, or uh, like, well, what is our opinion supposed to be on that? Um, I, I just, <laughs> I just, I, I think it's like bad. It's just bad. Uh, just to add on top of that, I, I just think it's, it's just bad press when, when we're supposed to be like this, uh, very conservative development process, and and people see coin flip. Yeah. It was cool how they did the coin flip though. They used Bitcoin to do the coin flip. Was it Ben was pro, Ben Ben the Carmen was pro uh block height, not MTP, right? Yeah. Ben the Carmen is saying coin flip is good. Stalemate was broken. Okay, but Ben, but there was the opposite choice that was picked of yours, right? Bad press is very true. It is. Uncle Marty will read the uh, will read the 
okay. YouTube okay. Comments it sounds like it sounds like we were mostly on on the same page with our resident Ute over here with Ben. So we appreciate Ben for coming in and providing some insight there after he was called. Uh, he is pro block hype, but he's also pro pro coin flip. So he's he's most aligned with Marty pre sleep. Right. Maybe I had a bad sleep that night. Maybe it wasn't so bad. The coin flip. I just think block height seems clean, but I maybe I'm wrong because there was a disagreement. Yeah, it seems yeah, right. Okay, Andrew Polstra. I think he's been working. Uh, has he been working on Tapper? Is he more like Musig? I think he's been working on Tapper a little bit. But like, yeah, he's like, I just want it, figure it out. I respect his opinion. Very smart from what I can glean. All right, we'll keep you guys posted. We've been covering Tapper activation for some time now. We're not going to stop after the coin flip. So hopefully stalemate was broken. And we get more progression towards an activation method because I personally would like to see Tapper uh, integrated into the Bitcoin. Well, it's already integrated live on Bitcoin's mainnet. Um, activated. I thought this is what set you off on Tuesday. Um, Coinbase IPO. It all set me off, Marty. It was it was the crypto council. It was fucking Coinbase. It was fucking Signal adding the shit coin, and it was fucking people running interference for custodial lending schemes that rehypothecate as a service. It was a combination of things. It was everything combined. That was just like clown world to the fucking T, and I just went all caps, and I just got I had a <laughs> had a lot of people in my comments. And I just signed off. I just said, I need a break from Twitter. Did you enjoy your break? Yeah, I need to take more of them. Twitter's my only social media. And it's just, I should, I sh- it's a problem. I need to just use it less. Yeah. Y- use it smarter. I do as well. I do as well. I waste too much time on Twitter. Or is it a waste of time? I love hanging with you freaks. Um, yeah, well, Coinbase, they're IPOing. Uh, they don't own a lot of Bitcoin. Their ticker is going to be Coin, doing a direct listing on April 14th. So that's uh, a week from yesterday, next Wednesday. Uh, and, and then it became apparent. <laughs> I mean, we got a first deep dive into their financials. And I think the thing that particularly pissed you off is that it became glaringly obvious that they have a significant amount of revenue and profitable. I believe it's like 1.2 bill in revenue and 800. Oh, no, higher, Marty. One point one point eight billion 1. in revenue, bill, 800, 800 million. million in net income for this quarter alone. Yeah. And they so have, you were, you were mad because they were LARPing about selling chain analysis uh, surveillance. software, surveillance software to the IRS or the U.S. government specifically. The DEA, the IRS and the SEC, or was it just the DEA and the IRS? I'm not sure. The but... point is they sold surveillance software to the U.S. government agencies. And Brian Armstrong and Coinbase told us multiple times with straight face that they needed to do it to recoup costs. And they made less than 400K on it, you know? And, and meanwhile, they, they're going to make $2 billion in revenue this quarter. Um, clearly full of shit, but everyone's got their hands in that fucking pie and no one wants to rustle feathers. Um, or if they, they have hands in a competitor pie that's being looked at as a you know, a, a comparison in terms of valuation that also wants to go public and no one wants to fucking rock the boat about it, but they clearly fucking lied to people. Like it wasn't to recoup costs. Um, why'd they do it? They did it to earn favor to get this IPO out the door so that they could fucking 
do their final dump on retail because that's what they love doing, dumping things on retail. <laughs> um, so like, that's fine. I, I, but just be honest about it. And like other people should be honest about it instead of cheerleading this fucking IPO like it's some golden fucking beautiful moment for Bitcoin when it's when it's not it's 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 a sad story. Coinbase is a sad story of of them capturing users and shoving shit coins down their throat. What could have been? What could have been? I saw our boy stop into crypt getting into it with Eric Voorhees over this particular subject. Voorhees coming out and be like, how can anybody be against Coinbase? They've provided so much. Like we would not be here without them. And I mean, arguably true. Yes. But somebody would have stepped in and filled that void if it wasn't Coinbase. Right. And then like, what if that party that stepped in stayed true to Bitcoin, didn't try and split the network, didn't offer all these shit coins to dump on retail didn't hire an ex hacking team that's that like built software to spy on a whole country which they then people. sold to U- the US government and other governments for pennies yeah while pretending that they're recouping costs yeah and then meanwhile they don't even own that much Bitcoin which is like what oh no, the so fuck? See, but there's a delineation to be here made here right so they don't own that much Bitcoin themselves and and presumably my guess is the Bitcoin they own is because they realized they were IPOing and they saw what Michael Saylor was doing. They were like, fuck, we need to own Bitcoin before we go public because everyone wants to see Bitcoin on balance sheets now. It's like the cool thing. And they like scrambled to try and get something on their balance sheet. Um, but if you, oh, before I continue, we have our boy Keep It Simple Bitcoin that's trying to call a top here on the Coinbase IPO saying that marks the top, uh, presumably for Bitcoin. I mean, you couldn't be more wrong, dude. I, I hope you don't uh, trade based off of that information. Just stay humble and stack. We are nowhere near the top. Um, Coinbase might not own that much Bitcoin themselves on their balance sheet, but they are currently custodying $223 billion worth of quote unquote cryptocurrencies. Um, The overwhelming majority of that is probably Bitcoin. Almost half of that, a little bit more than half of that is institutions. So just a reminder that every time you see that glass note chart about things leaving exchanges, it's like leaving Coinbase and then going into Coinbase custody. Um, I'm grateful we're not proof of stake. So that's not an issue to me as a, as a self-sovereign Bitcoin user. Um, so I do not consider this FUD. But that is like most of that Bitcoin will never leave Coinbase. Like that big, like it's, a, it's like a lobster trap. It's like a, you, the lobster, the Bitcoin goes in, most of it's never going to come back out. <laughs> I like that analogy. I've never heard that one. Yeah. Hey, if you're a corporation out there buying, buying Bitcoin, putting it on your balance sheet, maybe think about collaborative custody. Hold your own keys. Don't, don't, uh, don't expose yourself to the risk of, of one custodian. Do some multi-sig collaborative custody where you can actually control your UTXOs and move them as you please. One of our sponsors works on that. Disclaimer, Unchained Capital sponsor of the podcast. Uh, another big news in the, the mainstream media for Bitcoin. And this is like pretty massive news. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Before we go there, just, just if that was too much fuddy for people because people like, you know, they want to they, they want to hear only bullish things. Um, 
I do expect the coin the Coinbase IPO is gonna. I expect it to be bananas. Like I act, I have, I expect it to be absolutely crazy craziness. Like I, 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 I'm not. I don't plan on trading it, but I think. Uh, I mean, I think it beats all expectations. A e- easy valuation over 150 billion dollars when the dust settles. It's gonna be. It, it'll be a massive legitimization of Bitcoin in terms of, like the traditional finance types. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see like if money printer still going burr too. Does like Coinbase IPO and just hop on that that yodel prices right yodel mountain up. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, and even though they don't own that much Bitcoin on their balance sheet, they're fucking tickers coin. So people are just gonna assume they own more Bitcoin than MicroStrategy because people are idiots. I mean, you have to admit that's a pretty sick ticker. It's a great ticker. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody who hoards domain names and thinks of good slogans. You have to, you have to respect the coin ticker. Coinbase IPOing next Wednesday. Be aware. Stack sats, not stocks. That's what I would say. Uh, Nidig, another big announcement, another big raise, hundred million uh, from a cadre of insurance companies. Um, so Nidig raises hundred million for strategic partners, including star Liberty, Mutual insurance and other PNC insurers. So PNC insurer, what is that again? Uh, property and casualty. Uh, and I, I think Safedine actually highlighted and said something pretty eloquent about. Wait, is um, that what P? That's what PNC stands for? Property and casualty, or causality? Casualty or causality? Interesting. Casualty. So it's life insurance. Um, and safe. He had a good thread on this. I'm actually writing about it in the bent. The next three topics I'm writing about in the bent because they're like making me extremely bullish, and I think they're they really highlight Bitcoin a path. One of one of the paths to success for Bitcoin that many people talk about, um, and it's sort of a a sneak attack of so many entrenched individuals and institutions getting in that's going to be hard to ban Bitcoin or curtail it significantly um, because there's just so many entrenched individuals, corporations, institutions getting access to Bitcoin because they want to leverage its utility. So this is, uh, this is one of those cases. And here's what Safe said on Twitter, possibly the most underrated trend in Bitcoin is Nidig's expansion into offering Bitcoin solutions to the insurance industry. Bitcoin's appreciation makes it a far better asset for insurers and their clients than depreciating fiat. And he uh, quoted Ross Stevens uh, from the press release of this particular raise announcement. Uh, And Ross said, fiat depreciation causes inflation of fiat premiums while collapsing the purchasing power of claims. We see a bright Bitcoin powered future for the billions who depend on the insurance industry every year. So safe again, saying Nidig's insurance solution division is hiring the former CEO of Transry, Mike Spanar, excuse me, Sapnar. Uh, they already have investment from Mass Mutual and New York Life. The global insurance industry is a $6 trillion a year and it hasn't even dipped its toes in Bitcoin yet. So this is a massive conservative industry really moving in earnestly uh, to use Bitcoin as a better claim payout or insurance product for their clients. And they're doing it because they've done their homework. They've evaluated the options and they've decided that Bitcoin truly is a better asset for them to protect um, their businesses and, and their clients' policies. 
which is really, really interesting to see. And that's something that really got talked about much throughout the years that I've been following Bitcoin is insurance companies coming in and using it in this way. It and completely caught about, me off guard. Right. Uh, and the, and, and the, the, the people that I guess this is a signaling mechanism for think it's a very big deal. Um, like Marty just said, uh, that, that the insurance companies are the most, some of the most conservative players um, with massive, with, you know, massive balance sheets. Uh, and obviously are paid to understand risk. So their opinion, I guess, is appreciated by people. I personally have never liked insurance companies, but we did have a freak reach out who tried very strongly to convince me that I was wrong on that. And I did appreciate that. Do you remember that, Marty? Yes, I do. So I, I just want the freaks to know that when you, when you reach out to us about those things, it does change my opinion a little bit. Um, all that said, though, uh, in a post-Bitcoin world, you know, I, I listened to your most recent episode with untapped growth, your most recent discussion with untapped growth. In a Citadel theory world, uh, why, shouldn't I just hold Bitcoin? Why do I need, you know, to pay an insurance company that is going to try not to pay me when I need them to pay me? I would, yeah, I would argue yes. I think the signal here is that these insurance companies are rotating into Bitcoin for claims that have already been made by customers. So they're adding it to protect claims that are already made, right? It's not like maybe they will integrate it for future claims, but it's really a protection mechanism for assets and policies they already have on their books, which is interesting. So uh, Keep It Simple Bitcoin is a little bit upset with me for mentioning his top call. Um, so he is, he is mocking me a little bit in the live chat. Uh, my, my thinking with the post Bitcoin world thought is, is, is this idea of needing insurance for everything that we do a product of like the fiat, you know, over litigious society that we find ourselves in? Like, isn't the ultimate insurance like having savings? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Again, I think I'm highlighting that. I think it's very interesting because, again, these like it, like insurance or not, it exists, and people are buying it and buying policies. A lot of which is mandated. Like at Great American Mining, it's you should actually. It's shocking how many insurance policies we have to get just to get on these oil fields. Um, uh, so they exist, and I think the the signal here is. They literally need Bitcoin to protect the value of their policies and the, the ability to pay out claims. Um, right. That's irrelevant of the end user, whether or not they're going to choose insurance or not. Yes. They need to cover their own ass, every man for himself. Yes. So, pretty massive. And again, this is like, hey, large, multi-decade, some of them centuries old, Insurance companies are very conservative coming in saying we need Bitcoin. It right. makes it harder to shut down. And it does feel like NYDIG is just fucking vacuuming money in right now. Right. Which is like, <laughs> it's like super, it's like, so like, this is what the crazy thing that people are calling tops and shit, you know, or like arguing about the efficacy of 
Like, like these guys behind the scenes are just funneling money into Bitcoin right now. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, a little inside baseball for you freaks out there. What I'm seeing, uh, not it's actually pretty obscure inside baseball, but some of the conversations we're having at Great American Mining would, would shock people. Um, what's going on out there in the mining world, in the United States specifically. More bullish news. Our boy Matt Alborg uh, has updated some data on the useful tulip site. I'm not sure if this is like a live data feed or he has to manually update this. Um, it was basically diving into P2P exchange volume uh, in Africa, hit an all-time high this week. Uh, and the only so take take that line there. African P2P volumes hits new all-time all-time highs with a grain of salt. So it's two P2P exchanges, Paxful and local bitcoins. Um, so you have to take into consideration that it's only those two. And then on top of that, you have to take into consideration it's only the volume that they report and their customers report to them. Uh, and, and then on top of that, you, you, like you have to consider the fact that many people just do one or two trades with other individuals on these centralized P2P exchanges, which is funny to say. Um, and then they'll just coordinate with each other offline yeah. on chat apps. And I would ex- suspect that that volume on the chat app trading is significantly higher than what, what we see from the actual reporting on the, on the P2P apps. Yeah. First of all, um, it, it, I'm 99% sure that it's updated automatically. Um, he just, every once in a while, will you know, recap where we stand, uh, to bring, to highlight the numbers, uh, specifically on Twitter, but sometimes he gives us like a nice detailed blog post. Um, shout out Matt Alberg. He's been doing great work. Um, those are the two largest P2P exchanges globally. Um, and I, I think it's safe to say that we're at all time highs because they're relative numbers. They're numbers that he's been tracking this whole time from these two P2P exchanges and they could be extrapolated further. But I do agree with Marty that they're probably significantly higher because you have the Airbnb effect. You have people who they find a customer through um, one of these platforms and they don't want to, they have a direct financial incentive to take it off the platform because if they stay on the platform, then they're paying a fee to Paxful and local Bitcoins. But if they go off the platform, then they get to keep that fee in house. Um, so you see that all the time uh, in, in these, in these, uh, these apps, these platforms that are designed to connect two people together. Um, and that's why you see a lot of the time, the platforms try and control as much of the experience as possible with like Uber, like all the payments go through Uber, Airbnb, all the payments go through Airbnb. And if you try and put your phone number into the chat and stuff, they try and block you. So you can't communicate outside of it. Uh, But in the Bitcoin world, like we're talking about permissionless money. And a lot of times on the opposite side, we're talking about like gift cards and cash and things that are less, you know, that that are on the fiat side or the the more censorship resistant side of it. So they really can't protect. Um, they, it's, it's very difficult for them to prevent people from going outside of them for return business without completely destroying their platform. So it should be assumed. Yeah. And then Matt, I actually got into, I saw Chiefy Nundum, uh, Free Freaks Are Unaware, is a, 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 an individual from Ghana who I actually had on the podcast really early days when we we're still recording a bar stool. Yeah. Um, talking about Bitcoin in Africa. I would go check that out. If you want to like a throwback, um, got in a conversation with him about it. Cause he highly, obviously he's from Africa and 
he he was shocked at the P2P value. Uh, he said, I think if people understood the data, people like Steve Hankey going around saying Bitcoin is a footnote would be discredited. There'd be a lot more thoughtful discussion about what was really happening. And then Matt hopped in that that thread as well and made us aware that Binance actually has a pretty big P2P exchange, but they don't report trading data for some reason. So that's another... Probably because of regulatory reasons. Yeah. Uh, the... Yeah, I mean, even if we just assume that all the activity was only happening on those two exchanges, it's massive, right? Like, that's the key takeaway. But yeah. it's probably a lot larger than that. Um, we have uh, Ride or Die Freak in the live chat, MG Blazer, asking, um, will Nidig fight extreme BTC cap gains tax? And, you know, I've been talking on this podcast about how I don't think uh, these these institutions and 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 rich individuals wealthy individuals are necessarily um going to fight for sovereign bitcoin usage but when it comes to taxation uh they are 100 percent financially aligned with us uh specifically because it's easier to tax them than us as well uh because they're in uh they're like holding it with regulated custodians and shit it's all they're disclosed. They literally disclose their holdings, you know, especially the public companies. They disclose their holdings every year. So every I think they're very, they're very aligned in, in, in that in that respect. Would you agree, Marty? I would, yes. And I actually, I would push back. I would say some of these. I, th- I think we have some based, freedom-loving Bitcoiners in high places. I think you'd. Be oh, surprised. I don't disagree. And some of them listen to this podcast. Um, that's not my point. My point is like, don't just assume. Don't just assume that because because someone buys Bitcoin, they're they're completely aligned uh, with specifically with a sovereign Bitcoiner. Yeah. Someone who's trying to use their own node, hold their own keys. Um, there's 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 overlap, but there's not complete overlap. Yeah. And just like one last note on the African P2P volume. I think it's just incredible to see. I think everybody wants to call it like Western rich tech bro speculative asset not you really used by anybody and this is, this is proving it wrong well especially nigeria with the recent um crackdown like the police brutality protests um the ansars movement yeah cutting off all the bank accounts all that it's exactly what you want to see yeah it's uh it's yeah, it's incredible. It's bullish. Like people are using like it's it's coming from all angles. You have the the institutional insurance companies again been around for decades, centuries. Some of them or more than a century coming in. You have individuals in Africa turning to Bitcoin, and then uh, the third thing is <laughs> we're finding that politicians, Ukrainian civil servants, own more than forty six thousand Bitcoin. A story in CoinDesk came out this week. I think they have to report in Ukraine. That's the way that works. And like, so like if you add up all the reporting uh, Bitcoin holdings between politicians in Ukraine, they have more than 46,000 Bitcoin. But it's like, it's like three dudes like fucking hammed it. <laughs> Did you see the breakdown? Like one guy owns 18,000 Bitcoin. Like that dude, like I can't believe he's still, he's like fucking city council member of Dnipro or whatever. Yeah, Mich- Michelov. Like... It's worth more. He's got more than a bill. Worth Talk about have fun staying poor. That the, the, the fucking headline made me feel poor as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Can you imagine being, I guess, like in Ukraine, like that influence of being the city council member might protect you more if it's already disclosed. Yeah. Like, can you imagine like doing your day-to-day fucking bureaucracy shit in, in random city in Ukraine when you're sitting on 18,000 Bitcoin? Right. Like, oh, I'm a billionaire, but you know what? I'm gonna, I got to fix these traffic lights. Let's get down there and see what's going on. These yeah, guys, humble. Stay humble and stack sats. Ukraine politicians are, are civil Im- servants and they're humbly stacking. It's important to realize, I guess the distinction between civil servants and politicians is that not all these guys are, are elected officials. If they're elected, then they become politicians. Otherwise, they're just bureaucrats. Uh, I, I, that's the distinction uh, for the freaks that care about that. But yeah. I think a key thing to realize here is Ukraine owns no Bitcoin. <laughs> Well, that's the beauty of it, right? The politicians, or no, I just have to correct myself. The bureaucrats, a sordid group of bureaucrats, own $2.6 billion worth of Bitcoin, but Ukraine owns no Bitcoin. That's the way it should be. Right? Like the, the individual, like these countries should not, like, what? I mean, maybe, yes, maybe they should have some Bitcoin on their balance sheet to hedge inflation risk if they want to be able to pay for the services they're providing. Uh, that makes sense. But in terms of like, so like, I don't know how far down the list the Peter Thiel comments are, if they're even on the list. They're on the list. Of course, they're on the fucking list. Uh, that's so like obviously big hoopla yesterday. Uh, market became aware of the fact that Peter Thiel was talking at a, an event, Richard Nixon something event, which is actually pretty ironic that he's, Richard Nixon event talking about Bitcoin. Uh, and I mean, a lot of theories going around people saying whether or not he was trying to FUD Bitcoin or slyly uh, trying to incite the US government to think <laughs> more smartly about Bitcoin and get in the game, basically saying that China is all over this and it could be used to attack the US dollar's reserve status. And so maybe you should be paying attention. I think that's probably what it was. Now that that's another thing I had to sleep on. I'm like, uh, I called Peter Thiel. If you're listening, I called you a pussy. I deleted the tweet. I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you really delete it? Uh, yeah. You know what? I felt bad. I, yeah, I, you I felt bad for Peter Thiel? Well, no, I, I mean, I felt bad. You saw what he did to Gawker, right? Like, I'm not. <laughs> if he tried to take down TFTC, that would be like the most bullish thing ever. <laughs> Like, I, I was mischaracterizing. I think I was mischaracterizing. Wow, guys, freaks, you heard it here first. Marty got scared of a potential lawsuit and pulled. No, I didn't get scared of a lawsuit. I, I, I mischaracterized what he said. Um, is it Thiel or Teal? I go back and forth. Uh, RGB, no, observant tape in the comments is making fun of my pronunciation. That's why I hesitated. I didn't know, but it doesn't matter. I just want to go real quick back to Ukraine before we jump into Peter. Um, the oh, now they're agreeing with me that I pronounced it correctly. Um, the I think like if you're a city council member of Dnipro, which is the main guy, let's talk about the main guy, eighteen thousand Bitcoin, right? Um, eighteen thousand Bitcoin is is a, is a lot of money. What what is it? It's like it's a billion dollars. Is it a billion? That's what coin. I mean, at the time that the CoinDesk article was written. That's right, right, right. Eighteen thousand Bitcoin is a billion dollars. So this guy owns a billion dollars worth of Bitcoin. More than a billion. More than a billion dollars worth of Bitcoin. Um, it's kind of fucked up that he's not like. I hope. I mean, I don't know. I'm not gonna. 
I, I hope he's advocating for the city that he's representing to also own Bitcoin. Right? Yeah, one would hope. Yeah. Like they, they should be, they, he should be, I, I hope he's just been ignored this whole time and he's just been, you know, screaming his head off like a proper Bitcoiner. Maybe more, maybe he's quietly trying to become the. But there's nothing monarch. quiet about publicly disclosing that you own 18,000 Bitcoin. Yeah. Well, and again, tying this back to Teal's comments, a lot of people took that. It was like the US government needs to get in and buy Bitcoin, yada, yada, yada. I, going back, like I think the individuals, right? All the U.S. government has to do. They don't. They can buy Bitcoin. I think that would be effective in signaling to the global markets. But I think the best thing they can do is just incentivize U.S. citizens to uh, innovate around Bitcoin, acquire some Bitcoin. I mean, they're they're sort of in a catch. They're sort of in a weird spot where they can't actively say go adopt Bitcoin because it competes with the dollar. But they can slyly via lax regulation and a lack of coming down on Bitcoin activity, uh, incentivize Bitcoin adoption well, if, among the citizenry. If they, they could easily incentivize adoption. The, the thing is, is really the prudent move and probably how you see it play out or playing out right now is that the politicians are securing their bags. And then they're going to try and have the government secure their bags before they tell the average pleb to, to you know, be incentivized to go do it. Yeah. Uh, that's like how the incentives are set up, right? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, okay, so let's, let's go back to, to, to Mr. PayPal Mafia, um, his comments since we jumped ahead on the list. Uh, you originally thought... So it's very interesting because... Well, so... This is a lesson in Bloomberg headlines, not accurately reflecting things that were actually said. So I only had the Bloomberg headline and a small snippet of uh, part of his speech at the Nixon event. And then I saw the video with the full context and changed my perspective. Right. So first, Bloomberg tried to run with the headline that was kind of fuddy. And they sent it out to all Bloomberg terminals first. And it was like, Peter Thiel calls for Bitcoin regulation. Reverses course and calls for Bitcoin regulation. This is a guy who has a massive bag of Bitcoin. Um, he has, he's invested in his own um, uh, mining venture that competes with Great American Mining in terms of trying to be as patriotic as possible in their messaging. Um, he obviously co-founded PayPal. Um, so he, has, he, he has always been a pro-Bitcoin person. Um, at least pro Bitcoin in terms of like, he wants number to go up and his bags to increase. Uh, so, so Bloomberg tried to almost pitch it as him completely changing his opinion on it. Right. And calling for super tight regulation and saying that it was a weapon of China. I think they specifically used the words weapon of China. And then the Richard Nixon Institute, I guess this was a private event, but it was virtual the Richard Nixon Institute release or Richard Nixon Foundation, whatever the fucking organization is called, released the actual video clip after the Bloomberg headline, basically as a FUD buster, right? Yes, yes. You know, I mean, there's, I mean, very interesting context. And 
a very interesting thought experiment to play through. I think before he mentioned Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, he was talking about the euro and how in the past China's tried to strengthen the euro to attack the US dollar via that avenue it was unsuccessful and a more likely route now that Bitcoin exists, probably attacking US dollar reserve status via Bitcoin. It's much more potent um, if they wanted to to attack the dollar and if they are actively attacking the dollar, which I mean, I think you'd have to be an idiot to think that they're not trying to undermine the dollar to some some capacity. Um, but and then, yeah, and again, like he was called himself a Bitcoin maximalist. And he said, like, he shit on central bank digital currencies, too. He's like, they're not they're not cryptocurrencies they're not distributed. So. So would you say your take is your take is that he is. And I saw American Hoddle came out with like a similar take. Is, is that he is basically trying to neg the U.S. government into having a pro-Bitcoin policy to counteract the Chinese. And he's trying to take advantage of anti-Chinese sentiment to try and drum up support. Yes. And I, I think he has ulterior motives for Palantir, too. Right. Palantir off- and Layer 1, his mining firm or whatever he else wants to do yeah i don't know what the status of layer one is right now i just want to be absolutely clear like peter Thiel is an enemy of the people yeah palantir Uh, sucks palantir is a straight fucking evil corporation uh and yeah and but but i do palantir is literally a cia front company i i under it's a surveillance corp uh, they're a cia they're basically an arm of the cia they will be in the chain analysis game as well you know, they're completely uh, surveillance as a service. Um, the but but the, the use of, of Chinese fear mongering to try and prove a point is not lost on me. It is something that I admit that I do to try and get people to care more about privacy. Because remember, freaks, do you really want the Chinese to be able to see all your financial transactions? Look what they do when they do have that power. Do you want your social credit score? Yeah, it is weird. It is weird. Bitcoin is the money of enemies, as they say. Like the the Palantir founder, or he's not a founder, is he? He's just like a I think he's the largest founder. investor, is he? Yeah, I think it's his baby. I think it's his post PayPal baby. I don't know because I uh, wasn't there a point when like the PayPal or excuse me the Palantir CEO. Didn't he leave angrily because he just hated the direction the company was going in, basically admitting that it's like a CIA front and I don't remember he's not that. happy with it. I don't remember that, but uh, they are a public company now. They're larger than they've ever been. And I'm pretty sure he's one of the founders, if if not the founder. I would always get, I would always get, I was all like in the, they had a, did you ever walk by their office in the meatpacking district? No. No. Always creep me out. It's like a, it's got like one of those neon lights. It's like right on one of the cobble streets by like the Beta Works VC building. Uh, and I'd always walk by it whenever we'd, we'd go to the West, Vill- or West Village or meatpacking and be like, ah, it's, it's where they're, they're spying on us. It's just like a nice little storefront, not nondescript uh, the- office space with like a neon Palantir side. It's like, wow, this is where it's happening. The beauty of the private surveillance companies in America is that... Um- they're able to do things that the constitution wouldn't allow the government to do uh, above board. And then the government just pays them a contract to get the databases. So 
it's really a beautiful uh, symbiotic relationship right there. And then meanwhile, he, he champions himself as a, as a uh, libertarian, but that company just completely exists on government subsidies. Right. It's just all, it's just all government contracts. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe do you think Palantir is doing good things on behalf of the government? No. Fuck them. Yeah. I, I have come to the conclusion though, that the evil companies tend to do, they tend to perform better financially. Uh, so I wouldn't say I'm short Palantir, but they can go fuck themselves. I would co-sign that message. All right, but what I'm going to write about in the bent today after I post this, get this live, late bent, sorry, freaks. Again, Nidig raising 100 million African P2P volume, hitting a new all-time high, Ukrainian civil servants owning $46,000 worth of Bitcoin. Oh, another thing I wanted to mention there, Hugo uh, Nguyen quote tweeted that and said he was in Vietnam and there were like rumblings when he was in Vietnam that their politicians were doing something very similar to what's going on in Ukraine. So again, like this is just bull- like it's coming from all angles. You have the institutions, I mean, the individuals and the politicians all acquiring Bitcoin. The crazy part is, is U.S. politicians are required to disclose Bitcoin ownership as well. Um, so except for the smart ones that haven't disclosed, um, these Ukrainian bureaucrats have way more Bitcoin than any of the U.S. politicians. No one comes even close. Do we even have, like, I don't even know if we have a, a U.S. politician that has disclosed more than 50 Bitcoin. You got to pump those numbers. U.S. politician. I mean, can we? You can't trust a politician. You can't expect a politician to be this based. In and that's pretty crazy. Like, if we can extrapolate, you know, most countries of Ukraine's level don't have disclosure policies. I presume. I, I don't even. You know, like, like are there just like low level civil servants and just like random ass fucking countries that have thousands of Bitcoin? seems like it what does that mean for the next 20 years or the next 50 years especially if the u.s is slow here well that's the beauty of the u.s like luckily regulatory crackdown has not happened excessively in the u.s so would you garner to say like american citizens per capita compared to other countries have more bitcoin yeah i mean i think Maybe not more, but I think America measured in Americans holding Bitcoin, we're doing very well for ourselves. As a percentage of the overall population. Uh, Maybe not as a percentage of the overall population. Because we do, I mean, not if you compare us to like an India or a China, but compared to everyone else, we do have quite large a population. But I think if you talk about absolute numbers, um, we're doing really well. If you're ta- when you start talking per capita, then all of a sudden, you know, Ukraine's doing really hot, right? Or like Canada or Australia or like Sweden or something where they have very low population, but they have I'm talking about Bitcoin users. Yeah, but I'm talking about not holdings, size of holdings, just exposure <laughs> as a percentage of the overall population. We have we have freak uh, Hornet M in the live chat that wants he makes a very good point. 
is that this guy who owns 18,000 Bitcoin, that's just a Bitcoin he disclosed. That's his decoy stack. So it's important <laughs> to realize he has, he has significantly more than that. What a flex, an 18K decoy stack. <laughs> uh, yeah, but again, very bullish. It's, it's, Bitcoin is inevitable. It's just ingraining itself in society from all directions. It's a beautiful thing to see. Now onto more controversial topics. I didn't like this news. It's just like, not that like, this council has done nothing yet. But it's just like, well, stop making these councils. The Crypto Council for Innovation was announced. So it's Square, Coinbase. Disclaimer, Square is a sponsor. This the is why I hate right? having a sponsor, sponsors of this show. Why? It's just I not, mean, it's like not worth it. it. What? You can talk about it. I know because we're very candid about it, but it doesn't fucking matter. You know, it's just, it's just, uh, it's just assumed, it's assumed bad faith. And it's just, but anyway, freaks, we will change that going forward. Um, the, yeah, you know, I'm glad that Bitcoiners are inherently skeptical of this shit. Um, specifically, Two of the three founding members, Coinbase and Paradigm, are in the surveillance game. Uh, Paradigm is is one of the lead investors of chain analysis. Um, so people should be skeptical of this shit. Uh, but at the at you know at the same time, uh, people shouldn't be surprised that this shit is happening. And. Cash App Square could have done way, and it's like, it just sounds like I'm just, it just sounds like I'm making excuses, you know, but like they could have, they could have done so, like our, our bar is so low when you compare them to someone like Coinbase um, or like a Gemini or something. Um, our bar is so low, but, but Square Crypto keeps coming out. They keep funding all these projects. Um we haven't had, you know, like any kind of coin join issues on withdrawing uh, out of Cash App. Um, it does seem like Jack is in tune with the Bitcoin community, but again, nothing's been done yet with this council. But yeah, it's like what we've seen this time and time again. Like even when Bitcoiners tried to do it, what was it? The the B Foundation. After the the Bitcoin Foundation, so if any of you freaks are new to Bitcoin, these types yeah, but of the B Foundation was inter- it was interesting. Okay, continue. Go, Let's do the history. On. So it all started with what the Bitcoin Foundation. I guess there was a Bitcoin Foundation. There's the Bitcoin Association. You remember the Bitcoin Association? I don't remember the Bitcoin Association. That was just Bruce Bruce Fenton just like created it and made himself CEO. So he had like a nice title. <laughs> president of the bitcoin no i I like him too and then he became the president of the bitcoin foundation first bitcoin association then bitcoin foundation um and the b foundation but it felt like it was co-opted right well yeah that's so that's the thing it's like all all these quote-unquote foundations now council they get together and it's just like people in the industry like trying to i don't want to say dictate the speaking on behalf of Bitcoin and Bitcoiners, which a lot of people, rightly so, are uncomfortable with. 
so that's like i guess that's the question i have for you like is this different than a coin center because coin center like doesn't really have a company corporate skin in the game in terms of like building bitcoin products and they so don't have a lobbyist to build. right but yeah. but this feels very this feels more pro corporate right so one of the issues with bitcoin foundation was the main members you could be an individual member um i think there was like a lifetime membership if you gave them a bitcoin it's just like super expensive in hindsight um or or but most it was it was like mostly supposed to be like an industry association of companies um and the whole block size war uh it just got super corrupt it was a centralizing factor that super corrupted power corrupts like who was on the board who had control there like all this shit um got super corrupt i mean look at what we talk about with the ethereum foundation right same exact shit um and then you had a follow-up you had dcg you had the digital currency group parent company of coindesk parent company of like a lot of other companies in this phase including grayscale um pushing the new york agreement in the segway 2x battle and so you have all this distrust from bitcoiners which is exactly what you want to see um then you had the b foundation and i think they meant well but the hive mind just destroyed them real quick and no they announced it in riga at the hodl hodl conference the honey badger baltic honey badger conference and before like the next talk was even finished. I think the B Foundation was dead. Right. So, but then since then, I mean, the goal of the B Foundation was to try and create an easy way to fund op- to fund open source developers. Um, and since then, we've had major pushes to fund open source developers. I don't think people realize, like the last two years, um, we've basically made it cool for people to fund op- like the Bitcoin pleb community has made it cool for it's great PR. If you fund an open source developer um, to the point where we have shitcoin exchanges trying to bend the knee and prove their worth. Um, you know, the okay coins, the Gemini's of the world um, trying to prove their worth by funding Bitcoin developers. And because of that, you've had different organizations pop up. You had chain code pop up. Um, you know, chain code was, was funded by two very, well-off Bitcoiners, uh, primarily in the beginning, but they started to receive donations. Um, since then, you've had a kind of a spinoff with Brink. Um, we have Square Crypto involved. We have HRF involved in developer funding. Um, we have Bitcoin DevList, where you can fund developers directly, uh, bitcoindevlist.com. Um, so there's, there's more diversity in terms of these developers getting funded. And I think that's really important because we get them the funding, but we don't have centralization, right? Like a Bitcoin foundation, um, you know, they were funding Gavin. Gavin wanted bigger blocks, right? They're, they were calling him chief scientists, uh, chief scientist of the Bitcoin foundation, right? Like they were giving him this, this title, this power, um, and this perceived power. So there was more of a, an issue there. Um, I have been, and Marty knows this, and I guess I'm, I'm not allowed to really talk about it yet. I am working with some people to, there's going to be another, there's going to be another organization that hits that, that is going to be announced hopefully soon. Um, that is going to try and fund open source developers. That is a little bit more pleb focused, uh, which I'm excited about. But I think the important part here is, um, is that you have many different organizations. Now with this crypto council thing, 
you have like three massive companies and some other companies just coming in, just trying to, I don't know, there should be distrust. There should be a massive amount of distrust. I, I think to me, it's a net benefit that I see Square up there. But the, but I, 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 I can't help but be skeptical. Agreed. Right, maybe Square isn't there to be a reasonable voice in the room, but oh God, it's hard. It's like, I mean, it's just like we've been we've been given the finger by the Coinbase of the world before. Right? Like, I can never, like, I would, I don't want Coinbase lobbying the government on behalf of Bitcoiners. I don't think they have Bitcoiners' best interest to heart. What I do like is. Is I like speaking that on these, behalf of Bitcoiners, they've right. completely misrepresented everything throughout their history. Like Brian Armstrong, right. time and time again, has actively attacked the Bitcoin network. Right. I think. I think the the a, a key difference is with the Bitcoin Foundation, they were a lobby organization, and they also funded developers. Right. I like the. I think it's important that organizations that are funding open source development aren't also lobbyists. Um, they should be separate. So that's I think that's a net benefit that that it doesn't seem like this crypto council has any intention of of funding developers. Um, so at least we have some separation there. But um, it just goes back to like rich people and institutions to think that they have, you know, the same incentives, the same alignment of incentives as a sovereign Bitcoiner is completely, you know, misguided. They obviously don't. We shall see. Again, I think we should be fair. They have not done anything yet except announce that they exist. So maybe they'll surprise us. We'll see. Well, I mean, Paradigm is one of the lead investors in leading chain surveillance firm chain analysis and Coinbase sold surveillance tools directly to the U.S. government and presumably other governments because why would you stop at the U.S. government if you need to recoup costs? Like you should just sell them to everybody. Uh, we'll see we'll see we'll see we shall see again maybe they'll surprise us maybe they'll be going public maybe Brian Armstrong secures the the IPO bag and and turns heel on on the regulatory structure we'll see not not holding my breath on it but again nothing has happened yet nice transition here Square Crypto has an ongoing grant for mempool.space, a project that we very much like here at TFTC. So they're doing Bitcoin denominated grants. They've got 14,043,207 sats. Yeah. Sats denominated grants. So 12 months, I think they're going to be paying out. It's 14 million sats a month. For 12 months. Yeah, per month. That's what I was... I didn't know if it was 14 million sats overall or 14 million a month. No, it's like it's like a Bitcoin and a half. Yeah. Hell yeah. So shout out to Square Crypto. Again, mempool.space. Open source but project. Shout out to Wiz uh, and Soft Simon, the two lead maintainers over there. You know they're bullish. They negotiated the grant in, in Bitcoin, locked into Bitcoin terms. Yeah, so well, you gotta do I, I look forward to, to we'll, we'll circle back in 12 months and see how much those 14 million sats are worth for that last month. That's uh, 
hey, if you're a <laughs> podcaster out there and you can negotiate these these Bitcoin company ideals in Bitcoin, it's a good deal. It's, it's, uh, it's done TFTC well throughout the years. And hopefully we just go value to value at some point. Just get sat straight from the freaks. For, I, I guess we stop here. Freaks complaining about having to listen to ads on Sphinx as they stream us sat. Just I can't create. We've already talked about this. Like the, the separate RSS. You can't have an RSS feed. If you contribute, just skip the ads. That said it. Uh and we Talk gotta about- figure out, Mark. You gotta figure out how to do the split. Did you see that Curry's doing the split? Yeah, we gotta do the split. I need Dev DJ for listening. Curry's got the split automatic from Podcaster Wallet. I think you can just like change the code. Yeah, I gotta figure that. out. You know, Uncle Marty's. Not- I can't even get my video going for this, so I gotta figure out. I gotta sit down and figure that out. Maybe it's easier than I think. Uh, Let's do the shoutouts. Oh, good call. I was going to forget that we got a lot of shout outs this week. First one, I think a freak thought they were going to get me. But I noticed it right away. It's just a hex of the first Bitcoin block, the Genesis block. Uh, interesting. I'm, I'm not going to read it out loud. Do you think they actually want me to read it out loud? Yes. Should I? Or is that going to take I, too long? Look, I'm a man of the freaks. I will always say yes. All right. Oh man, wish me luck. F nine B E B four D nine one D zero one zero 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 one zero 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 i can't even say zero anymore zero 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 three b a three e d f d seven a seven b one two b two seven a c seven 2C 3E 6776 8F 6173 C8 1B C3 8888A 5132 3A 9F B8AA B or excuse me 4B1E 5E 4A 29AB 5F 49FFFF 001D 1DAC 2B7C 01 Zero one zero 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 one zero 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 
zero zero zero zero f f f f f f f f four d zero four f f f f zero zero one d zero one zero four four five five four six eight six five two zero five four six nine six d six five seven three two zero three zero three three two f four a six one six e two f three two three zero three zero three nine two zero four three six eight six one six e six three six five six c six c six f seven two two zero six f six e two zero six two seven six nine nice six eight six b two zero six f six six two zero seven three six five six three six f six e six four two zero two six two six one six nine nice six c six f seven five seven four two zero six 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 f seven two two zero six two six one six e six b seven three f f f f f f f f zero one zero zero f two zero five two a zero one zero 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 four three four one zero four six seven eight a F D B zero F E five five four eight two seven one nine six seven F one a six seven one three zero B seven one zero five six D or excuse me five C D six eight eight two eight E zero three nine zero nine a six seven nine six two E zero E A one F six one D E B six four nine f six b c three f four c e f three eight c four four three five five zero four e five one e c one one two d e five three three eight four d f seven b a zero b eight d five seven eight a four c seven zero two b six b f one one d f 1D 5F, excuse me, AC 00000000. I'm never doing that again. No more hex. I think you missed a zero. (sighs) I may have. Like the like the 10th or 15th zero, you missed you missed around there, like right in the beginning. Should I do it again? (laughs) I'll tell you when I when I saw usually freaks, I don't get shout outs sent to me ahead of time, but Marty sent me this one ahead of time. I didn't think it was that long. That's pretty long. It seemed that long when I said yes. Anybody time it? Well, I'm never reading a a hex code again. So for any of you freaks who are sitting there like, what the fuck did you just do, Uncle Marty? (laughs) Uh, So this is how Bitcoin data is stored. And hex, uh, what's it called? (laughs) The best is when you read 69. You're like, nice. (laughs) So this is the so this is data displayed above, or excuse me. Data that I just read out loud is Bitcoin's Genesis block. It's binary data in hexadecimal form with one byte per two characters. A quote unquote BLK file is composed of multiple blocks like it. The upper limit of the size of each BLK file is 128 megabytes. The file reaches the maximum allowed size. The Bitcoin program creates another file to store new blocks. So we live and we learn and don't ever send a hexadecimal shout out again because i won't read it i'll send you your sats back i tried to i tried to show the freaks it on uh on the screen like mid hex way through and then i realized again that 
Zoom has like a horrible screen share policy where they just try and dox every screen if I if I if I open it. So there you go. You're gonna have to deal with audio only. You heard it here first. Maybe that's the first time the, the Genesis block hexadecimal data has been read aloud. If so, history was just made. Thank you, freaks, for joining us on this episode of Rabbit Hole Recap. I need a glass of water. Yeah, we've got five, six more shout outs to go. I thought you were just ending the episode. That was like, <laughs> that's how you usually end the episode. Uh, to the freaks that care, I posted uh, the full shout out onto Twitter. Um, if you want to go back and verify to make sure um, that he didn't miss that zero. I'm pretty sure the 15th zero, he missed it. So just keep ah, that in mind. That was hard. That was hard. <sighs> All right. Next one. Hello, freaks. I'd like to give a shout out to a project that will never buy ad space on TFTC, BISC. I'm allowing the BISC shout outs. Allowing the Matt. I think you'll be okay with it. Um, I completely missed that. What was the BISC shout? Did he just shill BISC? Well, I just read the first sentence of the shill, but it's a shill. It's oh, a sorry. I, I got stuck on Twitter because I posted it. I apologize. Pay attention. Stick with me here. Everyone please. should use BISC. We have BISC on the screen right here. Uh, and uh, I think Corey Edwards, free Corey Edwards asked uh, if the BISC price we use is based on um, a limit order or if it's the last known sale. And it's, it's the last known sale. You can see on the left side, it shows the last known trade. Now, you know, well, we're not done the shout out. I'll start the shout out again. Hello, freaks. I'd like to give a shout out to a project that will never buy ad space on TFTC, BISC. If Bitcoin is the most important tool for a sovereign individual, then BISC is number two. How can you expect a fully seizure-resistant, seizure censorship-resistance in all other important aspects of the core and with KYC sats? You can't. Is there a learning curve? Yes. Do you have to deal with on-chain fees for multiple transactions? Yes. But if you're not willing to put the work in now, you'll regret it later when the next data breach leads to some someone committing a $5 wrench attack on you. Did you know that TX and fees are lower on the weekends transaction fees? Uh, did you know that trading fees are lower for market makers? Did you know that the offers you don't see are for a lower premium, but we were already taken man up, be a maker, set your offers on the weekend and you'll never pay more than a one and a half percent premium. I've done it since 2019. And then he has something for us to read individually, yeah. Matt. Uh, well, you're not going to read it publicly? Oh, he asked us not to. It's a pro okay, so send that to me um, so I can read that. Shout out to this freak. I mean, shout out. Use best, guys. What he's talking about with the makers is, is you can set an order that doesn't automatically get filled. And it presumably will get filled at some point is the hope. And usually if you do that, you're able to set it. Uh, a decent amount underneath um, the evil empire price, like on Coinbase or whatever, which we have the evil empire on the top here. If you're watching the, the live stream or the YouTube after the fact, and we have BISC underneath um, you're, you're able to usually set a lower price and, and that order will get filled if you have a low time preference. Um, I do want to correct one thing that he said. Uh, BISC would never have an add on tales from the crypt. Um, I implore this freak to go back and listen to some of our my Citadel Dispatch discussions um, because I must have given them now like eight or nine free ads 
Um, I think he's saying Bisc. officially paid by Bisc, which I agree. I mean, we've showed Bisc plenty of times in this podcast. I know, yeah. So Bisc, the the Bisc maintainers are secretly bribing me in the background to provide the ads. Um, that's the conspiracy. Well, then you got to stop tweeting out. At least it'll dispatch ad free. I mean, ad free doesn't include the bribes, the secret shill bribes. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Next shout out. You thought I was done, motherfuckers? All caps, BIS shout out incoming. Put your diapers on. <laughs> Chain snooping perverts are cucking you. Brian Armstrong keeps asking uh, me for dick pics. Don't be an influencer. Keep your head down and stack sats. Is he calling us out here? Freaks, I'm calling on you to man the fuck up and use Bisque. Watch Caps Odell, Cap Odell's guides on PGP verification. Start with Zell, then use money orders, then take some of those sats and buy your own BIS shout out on RHR. I expect there to be more time dedicated to fish shout outs than ad rates. <laughs> if you don't, Peter Schiff wins. Peter shit wins. Excuse me. Chain analysis wins. President Alzheimer's wins. Marty has mouths to feed. I better not be the only one buying no KYC all the way. Do it. Fucking do it now. Bisque, 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 bisque. Let's fucking go. Fantastic. I love you, freaks. You guys are the best. Thank you. I do have mouths to feed freaks. Thanks for contributing to the TFTC endowment. Yeah, thank you for contributing to my son's uh, health, well-being, and growth as a, as, a young, as a young child. And my wife, too. We're feeding her mouth. I eat every once in a while as well. Hi, Marty and Matt. I, like many freaks, first bought from KYC sites and sent to cold storage. But what can be done now? With stack sat stacked and cold storage, can I add some privacy to these? What are my best options? Mix my future transactions out of this KYC cold storage, buy another hardware wallet now and mix to this new cold storage, sell and buy back without KYC, possible caps gain tax. I've started a non-KYC stack, mainly ATMs, which will be kept separately. So privacy is improving. Wondering if you and Matt could discuss this topic on RHR for any freaks like me possibly shed light on what can be done to improve privacy on the already KYC acquired sats. Thanks for all your great work. Cheers and all the best. Anon PS when lockdowns are over yourself, Matt plus families should come to Ireland. Would love to. I don't know. Oh, if fuck yes. Uh, would love to show you the great surf spots and golf courses we have. Maybe have a RHR golf classic here. I'll stick Marty's owl and puppy sale down as a two ball. Uh, peace and love. Puppy uh, sale represent. Shout out to our Irish freaks. And to answer your question, uh, it's hard to give it. It's <laughs> it's a personal preference, right? To consider the trade-offs. If you move the coins, you got to pay the fees. If you do the coin joining, you got to do the fees. If you're comfortable with your cold storage setup and you don't want to mess it up, like freak, you have to take freak, that freak. into consideration. Uh, I I, you- I am I am under the belief that we're gonna. I, I'm going to outhold the regulators. Like, You're going to outhold the regulators. I'm going to I'm going to hold out to Vala. Marty, Valhalla. is your whole stash coin joined? Uh, not all of it. No, a lot of it is. Though. Would you say is over eighty percent of it coin joined? Uh, I don't know if it's over eighty. Ooh, I thought it was higher than that. Okay, you know, it's your own personal decision. I would say to the freak, have you considered getting a six percent yield off of that stash? Uh, you can use our ref link, which is in the show notes. Um, do your own research. Risks are applied. Um, I'm kidding, obviously. Uh, don't fucking do that. 
uh, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I obviously think you should coin join. I think, uh, I think forward privacy is important. I think uh, you have KYC records and those KYC records are directly tied to exactly what you bought um, and the addresses you bought. And in the future, they can be used to determine every single transaction you make in the future. If you give it to your grandkids or whatever, every transaction they make in the future. Um, Bitcoinprivacy.guide is a great resource uh, to start with. Uh, so, so maybe consider going over there. It's, it's very all-encompassing. Um, personally, I'm, I'm not a hardliner in terms of sell and then you know, sell, pay your taxes, and then get no, no, no KYC. Uh, I think there's a place for a KYC service. If you're, if you're using your, your KYC salary, your, you know, your KYC fiat salary that is going into your KYC bank account, then goes into your KYC Bitcoin account and then comes out and then goes into CoinJoin is a relatively reasonable trade-off in my opinion. Um, from a privacy point of view, pulling it out as cash and then using the cash to go into Bitcoin and then coin joining is strictly better, but um, it is what it is. I think it's a, it's a reasonable enough trade-off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the convenience of exchanges is, is real. I personally do succumb to the convenience of it. So, Oh yeah. So we're having just to this freak, like we're going to have a TFTC golf tourney in, uh, in Ireland, right? Is that like the plan? Is that what we're doing? I, um, this is way better than the idea of doing it in fucking in Dallas in August or Miami in June. Like, I feel like uh, Ireland TATC golf tourney for the, the children is, you get the is real what die it's hards. about. The real diehards. Yeah, sure. we're going to do it for the children. We're going to donate to the children. Matt, I, I'm sorry to admit it, but I had the Masters on silently here in the backwards. We got a, uh, we got bryson's plus four right now and uh what the hell is this guy's name why can't i, I can't believe you're name? watching the masters in the background right now it's, it's masters we got a ride or die freaks turned off the masters they put live sports on record on their dvr and they're joining us and you have it on the background is somebody just, who what the hell is this guy's name i can't think of it um young buck under armor sponsored he just had a terrible shot off a tree uh <laughs> trying to get out of rough next shout out that was your message just one update, second freaks. just just to go back to the freak i mean i mean no matter what you should keep Beast. your no the number one thing is keep your no kyc and your kyc stack separate even if your kyc stack goes to coin join keep it separate and then even if you fuck shit up at least you don't have them combined yes beware beware of the trade-offs again these are personal decisions it's up to you it's up to you extreme ownership over your sats do not trust us do your own research on to the next one sup freaks me and my brother are plebs class of 2017 and love the pod we shoot the shit daily talking about btc and other maxi things to help distract us from our day jobs this was a special week for my brother as he became a father to a brand new pleb baby boy at block 677,938 congrats welcome welcome to the club to this freak's brother uh, he's a bona fide stud and the entire family is absolutely pumped. I know so many people are scared of bringing babies into this crazy world, but BTC, TFTC, Citadel Dispatch and the other plebs give us confidence towards our new family members future. Much love. Hope to unite with you boys in Miami. 
Satoshi Saurus. Congrats. Life Congrats, circle of life continues. Bullish on Bitcoiners and their ability to pump out children. Bitcoiners are good fuckers. This is something I've uh, I've come to realize. A lot of kids out there. Um, congrats to your brother. As a father myself, it's uh, it's it's an incredible thing, incredible gift, the gift of life, gift of being a father. It's uh, it's a beautiful thing. So I'm I'm very happy for for your brother. I hope you're listening to this uh, and you're smiling because your your brother bought a shout out for your for your son. It's a I hundred percent. I hundred percent co-sign that message. Um, Love to see it. Congratulations, freak. Um, but at the same time, uh, I think it's important that uh, we mention that Pardis BTC pins in the live chat mentioned that we really shouldn't be watching the Masters until they switch to an orange jacket. Like as long as it's a green jacket, I feel like we should be boycotting it. Oh, I don't. There's some Lindy on the green jacket at the Masters. I don't know. Well, we're breaking Lindy here. We're breaking Lindy with a new Lindy. This is true. Maybe that's the, that's when we know Bitcoin has made it when a Bitcoiner buys Augusta National and, and changes the master's green jacket to an orange jacket. Or is that like a top signal? That's a good question. That might be a top signal. I mean, keep it simple. Bitcoin was wrong about the Coinbase IPO. But but when, when the masters do change their jacket color, you should probably expect a big dump. Yeah. Yeah. That point. Yeah. Be aware. We warned you. Next one, two more shout outs. <clears throat> Continually grateful for the for all the dopeness that streams through your mics every week. Thank you, thank you, and thank you. I know I'm not the only freak who feels your importance in the space cannot be understated. Uh, that said, I am a little concerned our boy, Matt O'Dell, having followed him and you, Marty, on Twitter since I discovered Bitcoin in the 2017 bull market as Matt pops the bottle. Uh, he seems to be getting frustrated and losing patience coming in the form of snarky tweets <laughs> in the recent alter ego and Caps Odell. Matt slash Caps, the freaks are relying on you to stay positive and continue the fight, the good fight. We are behind you figuratively, not literally. <laughs> and, and remember, if things ever seem like they're getting worse, consider a world without Bitcoin, which would mean a world without Uncle Marty and the freaks. I mean, I would still be here. Uh, I'd definitely just be in a, maybe I don't have a podcast. Uh, that's a world not worth living in. Damn it. I'm going to stretch these 50 cuck bucks as far as I can. Marty, what's the most annoying thing about Matt? Matt, please respond. Same question directed at Marty Picking! from at YOLO pills. They're all thrown in to cause uh, Picaz at this. God put me on the spot here. I didn't read this one until here. Um, I don't, I don't, Matt, I don't know. I don't, maybe what's the most annoying thing? When I'm on the golf course and I get the standards ready for you text, I guess I, <laughs> it's not annoying at all. I'm just annoyed. because like, fuck, I gotta, I gotta do That's this. like when someone takes like a job interview and they're like, Oh, my, my negatives, my weaknesses. I'm too loyal. I'm too critical of myself. It's, uh, it's like, Oh yeah. You're so annoying. You, you get the standard ready while I'm golfing. <laughs> yeah. No, I guess. Well, in the context of this shout out, I get annoyed when you don't listen to your triggering advice. Okay. Well, I get annoyed when we're like four RHR lives in and Marty still doesn't have his camera working. <laughs> I, that's, that's valid. I get annoyed at that as well. Oh, that's good. Someone said you should be annoyed at me when I get distracted in the live chat with the ride or dies. 
Yeah, it's, but now I'm starting to get distracted with them too. So it'd be I literally got distracted to let you know that. <laughs> um, but cheers, freak. Appreciate you. Uh, don't worry. Don't worry. Like, like the Bitcoin bull market doesn't need more cheerleaders right now. Okay. So I'm fine with being the resident fudder. Like, just know that I believe Bitcoin's designed to pump forever and I'm bullish on Bitcoiners. I just want Bitcoiners to be prepared. I don't want Bitcoiners to turn their back right before the fight happens. I want Bitcoiners to have the shields up and be ready. That's it. I like that. I like that. I can, I can pick it. Just knowing Matt and talking to him outside of the thing. I think, he, I think he's okay, freaks. I think he's okay. He's here. People were worried you weren't going to show up to RHR this week. Ridiculous. We've gone two and a half years straight every week. Where am I? I? I'm addicted to you, freaks. I'm not leaving. I can't go. I, where am I supposed to go? Fuck Twitter. <laughs> they can ban me on Twitter. I'll be gone from Twitter, but I'm not going to skip an RHR. It's good to know. Yeah, like, freaks, thank you for the flattering comments. I mean, where I consider myself lucky that uh, for some way I've ended up on this platform and I'm able to speak in this mic and you guys keep coming back to hear my dumb thoughts. So uh it blows my mind every week week in and week out always look at the download numbers expecting them just to crash to zero and they keep going up so thank you guys for coming last but not least what up freaks just want to say thank you to marty and matt for the consistent hard work of pushing out top-notch content there's a perfect mix of entertaining and informative i look forward to rhr every single week matt can't go dark until we reach that sent parody later this year not sure this counts as an ad so use your judgment and feel free to ignore it in <laughs> Uh, what are those? What does he put an ad there at the end? What is shift eight? Shift eight, uh, asterisks between asterisks. No, this isn't an ad. This is good. I'm looking for, to fund a Rust developer with mobile experience to work on a free and open source Bitcoin project. No shitcoin, no custody, no cuck bucks, no revenue stream. If this is you, slide into my DMs. This is from John Cantrell, ninety-seven. Our good friend John oh, Cantrell. That's John. Yes. Yo, dude. Cheers, bro. Definitely Appreciate not you. mad. So if you're a REST developer with mobile experience, wants to work on a free and open source Bitcoin project, hit John up on Twitter. He's at John Cantrell. Very solid developer. Built Juggernaut. Um, yeah, John, thank you for the kind words. It's, again, like I said to the previous week, it's extremely flattering. Everybody comes back to listen to my dumb thoughts and Matt's better thoughts. Um, so that's uh, I love you, freaks. Love the shout outs. That's it for the shout outs this week. A lot. Uh, reminder I'm never reading a hexadecimal uh, data again, it took way too long, and I don't think I can ever pronounce zero correctly again. After <laughs> just pronounce zero, zeros. Well, that's like, it's like that was like I felt like I was having a stroke with my zeros there. <laughs> zero, 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 zero. <laughs> uh. All right. Love you, freaks. If you <clears throat> guys want to interact, we love the shout outs. Uh, you can contribute and, uh, and buy a shout out, purchase a shout out on tftc.io slash contribute. I want to, f- if you're the freak who bought the hexadecimal shout out, I want you to show your face. I, I have some words for you. Back to the list. Arthur Hayes, he surrendered in Hawaii, correct? I don't know where he surrendered. He got bail, right? Former BitMEX CEO Arthur Hayes turned himself in to face U.S. charges that he failed to take steps to prevent the pioneering cryptocurrency exchange. He co-founded for using money laundering. A Singapore resident, Hayes surrendered. Yeah, in Hawaii. 
six months after prosecutors asked him to, he got released on $10 million bond. On nothing for him. Is the U.S. government racist coming after? Like, what is ten million dollars in Bitcoin? Is that is that two hundred Bitcoin? Two hundred Bitcoin. What was the insurance fund at? Like a (laughs) hundred (laughs) thousand. I think it hit a hundred thousand at one point, didn't it? Yeah, I don't know. It was two hundred. The point is, is for us freaks, two hundred is a massive number. But for for Arthur Hayes, it's a negligible number. He got a very good deal there. Yeah. Is the U.S. government racist bringing down the most successful black CEO in, in, in Bitcoin? Yeah, I still think that's a really good argument point that we probably failed a little bit at hitting that one home. Yeah. Goddamn government, man. I'm cheering for our, I mean, we've talked about this many times in the past. If you come back to, to RHR, it's uh, one of the most, one of the, never used it, but one of my favorite companies in the Bitcoin space because, uh, because they're Bitcoin native properties. They really use Bitcoin uh, to build a Bitcoin product. It was a beautiful product. Many people liked it. People wanted to take risk. BitMEX allowed them to do that. People were using their free will to put their sats at risk. And the US government did not like that. And now they're trying to take down the founders of the company. Very, very violent, violent, using the threat of guns to... Uh, to come after and cage nonviolent people making financial products. Think about how crazy that is. Threat of guns getting dragged out of the country you live in in front of a U.S. court, put in a cage, having to spend $10 million to get out of that cage, all for a financial product that people asked for, used, and were happy to use. Ah, what a world we live in. This was, uh, give me the archive link for this. I just got sent to the Justice Department website, <laughs> Department of Justice. Oops. <laughs> so court authorized Department of Justice. Uh, uh, court authorized the service of John Doe summons seeking identities of U.S. taxpayers who've used cryptocurrency. And this was aimed at Circle and Poloniecs specifically, correct? Well, Polo is owned by Circle. Yes. So if... You use circular polo um, between 2016 and 2020 for more than $20,000 worth. I assume at the time, not at current valuations, because then it would just be like a half Bitcoin. Um, they're sending all of your records to the U.S. government. Be aware, they tried freak. to get a similar thing done with Kraken, and the judge pushed back on the Kraken one. So the Kraken one needs to be more narrow, but the Circle and Poloniex one is not going to be more narrow. On this note, I see you don't have it on the list. Uh, Bitonic in the Netherlands, they're fighting the AML D5, and they're actually, I think they won um, some ground uh, at a court hearing this week. When did that come out? Uh, Earlier this week, somebody tagged me in it. Let Let me search it on Twitter real quick. But the point is, is like KYC is fucking forever, guys. Like they have, like they have to keep the ship forever. And all the, uh, anything that happens on these centralized exchanges is just gonna, it's gonna be there forever. And if you didn't use privacy best practices after the fact and you withdrew, all those transactions are on the Bitcoin ledger forever. Yeah. So 
be aware of that, freaks. Dutch court criticizes crypto policy of the Dutch regulator. A preliminary relief judge ruled on the eagerly anticipated case initiated by Dutch Bitcoin exchange Botanic against the Dutch regulator, which is their national bank. And yeah, so they, they basically said this judge said that Bitonic has a case that the, the Dutch National Bank is overextending its its boundaries when it, with the amount of data that it wants to collect from from the exchange. Interesting. Maybe we sounds can fight. Like, that sounds like a good win, right? Yeah, I'll take that. It's a W. It's a W. And the, yeah, so the, the Dutch National Bank has to explain their their reasoning behind the, the data they want. And so, yeah, it's going to the court. Shout out to Botanic for fighting back. Stay strong, our Dutch brothers and sisters. You know, somebody's standing up, right? Not bending the knee. So more of this. More of this. When are we going to end FATF? I don't know, Marty. You're the bullish one on that. When when is when do you think it'll end? Twenty twenty seven. Yeah, you want to bet? Twenty twenty one. It's twenty twenty one. Six years. Will Fatif exist? I would garner. Yeah, let's make a bet. Six year bet. Low time preference. No, I'm not. I. Your six year bet that Fatfa doesn't exist. Or. I'm not trying to take your sats on that, Marty. You're going to lose that. I don't know. I could see. I'm trying to think of the bet in my head. Would it be fat if exist or rendered obsolete? And how do you how do you don't... measure rendered obsolete? Should we use a coin flip MTP? Like, does anybody actually follow the guidelines and recommendations they put out? Or do they just get like cucked? If people are just like, nah, get the fuck away from here. We'll see. Six years. What was six years ago? Just to put this in context, it was 2015. How about this? How about in six years, do you think you'll be able to? No, it's too messy. There's no, there's no objective. Uh... There's, there's no objective uh, rubric to use. Yeah. All right. We'll come back to it. Maybe we'll think of a, a bet to agree on. You can't have anything that's like, and it needs to be measured effectively to be a good bet. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing. If Fatfoot doesn't exist or whatever in six years, that's super bullish for Bitcoin. Yeah. Let's make it happen, freaks. You already... Yeah. What comes first, Marty? Orange jacket or Fatfoot gone? Fatif gone. Fat <laughs> gone. The orange jacket, if it's not a top signal, will be a... A victory lap of Bitcoiners rubbing it in Fatif's face that they got disbanded and rendered obsolete. Fuck Fatif. Fuck those people. Uh, Kraken, you already mentioned it. He the got... year was 2024 and Fatfa was replaced by the CCI. Ah! Oh, Matthew. Uh, so what did you say Kraken? We already mentioned Kraken. They're pushing yeah, you back. Said they, similar to Circle and Polo and they fought or the judge said that the IRS has to narrow their their requests. You know, your favorite topic, another one that sent you off, uh, former chain analysis chief technical counsel, now the head of FinCEN. And this is one of those, this is one of those topics. It was your week thought of the week in the SAT standard. We had a freak 
respond uh, with some comments on your particular thought around this. So well, the most important thing was the guy wasn't the CTO of fucking chain analysis. He was the chief technical counsel, which is like the chief technical lawyer um, at chain analysis, which to be fair, I took it from CoinDesk, but I shouldn't have, you know, I shouldn't, have, I should have verified it. Um, but CoinDesk still to this day, their article says CTO in it. So um, that's where I pulled it from. Uh, regardless, revolving door, anybody, you know, and like to be like, Matt's been talking FUD for the last two years about Bitcoin privacy and needing to learn about it and then fucking closing the noose on us and, 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 and cutting off, cutting off the entrances into Bitcoin and now we have the the head of FinCEN is is former top dog, one of the top dogs at Chainalysis, valued at two billion dollars, one of the leading surveillance firms, that has a lead investor paradigm that created the Crypto Council. That's also joining two other public companies and doing it right. But yeah, fud. Hey, we stop spreading fud. <sighs> Yes, that happened this week, too. Yeah, the dude who helped architect some surveillance technology going to FinCEN. And this news is coming on the heels of the IRS requesting a bunch of data from exchanges on their users. Uh, well, to be clear, list. the IRS stuff is they, they tend to highlight these things as tax day approaches because they want to scare people into compliance. So people should expect that kind of thing. The chain analysis FinCEN thing is bad. Like chain analysis has embedded themselves in every single regulated corporation in this industry. If not them, then one of their competitors that emulates them. And now one of their main lawyers who was previous government, then went to chain analysis, now comes back to FinCEN FinCEN being the main regulator that decides our KYC AML policy. Like this doesn't disprove my so-called fear mongering. Like this, this is, this is exactly the type of slow boil that you expect to see if these things come true. And if they don't come true, then fucking party time guys. Like, I don't think like this hurts Bitcoin. I think individual Bitcoiners, just need to be aware and need to take their own future into their own hands rather than just assume that everything's going to be okay because their favorite influencer tells them that there's nothing to worry about. Be aware, freaks. Hope for the best, prepare for the worst. Classic regulatory capture. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's like laughable, right? Like, do you think, do you think our new FinCEN director is going to require that all regulated exchanges have a chain surveillance provider? Or do you think like that will just be a coincidence when he offers that? Like, are you fucking kidding me? How big is that, that chain analysis contract going to be? Yeah. And when does it, and then afterwards it was, it goes to ripple too, you know, he's got to complete the shit coin trifecta. Yeah. Hey, only I can advise, like I've been through this. I actually made the law. 
let me uh, let me advise you on how to work through all the loopholes I put in there. Make okay. sure you're compliant. You can go join MobileCoin. Download BTC Pay server. Get your coins in personal custody. That was actually another. I saw a tweet. I forget a tweet. I think it was like Lucas Burkhart. I think he's a Swiss Bitcoiner. I saw him tweet an interesting theory that like FinCEN and FATF and AMLD5 are literally going to push the exchanges into a corner where they don't allow individuals to send Bitcoin between each other on the exchanges from exchange account to exchange account. And actually like is... He's completely wrong on that, right? Is a way to force... Nah, he's full of shit. I mean, he's not full of shit. He's just speaking out of his ass. <laughs> Why do you say that? <laughs> I mean, I think he means well. I don't think he's like intentionally lying. Did you see that? You know what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like vast, vast regulation, virtual asset service providers, which is the language they use, the regulators use, will push people into self-custody rather than transferring between exchanges. Yes. Logically inconsistent. Why is that? If you have two regulated wallets, wallets, right? Uh, those transfers are going to be prioritized over you going to an unregulated wallet. Maybe we're in like a sweetheart position right now where like the regulations actually do the opposite of what they meant to do. But uh if, if you think they're going to prioritize self-custody users over going from regulated exchange to regulated exchange, I would like what you're smoking and I hope they legalize it in the, in the state that I live in. <laughs> like, why would they do that, Marty? That makes no sense. I mean, but could they ever ban self-custody? I don't think so. I mean, banning self-custody is easy as banning self-custody. But I mean, enforcing can, I don't is th- the difficult part. In the United States, I mean, you'd have to ban private property, right? Can you deny people of well, their... Well, Marty, you can't, you can't self-custody stocks. You could. You used to be able to. Well, I mean, the... even if you had the paper, you still weren't really... Self- were you really self-custodying it? Well, it's different, right? It's like, it's not a bear. Is it stock a bearer asset? Marty, have you tried to pull uh, a half Bitcoin worth of fiat out of your bank? In cash? No. Go to the bank. Go to the bank and try and pull $25,000 out of the bank in cash. What are they going to... And tell them free speech. (laughs) But, yeah, they'll give it to you. Let the freaks know how it goes. Yeah, but like, so what... But. If they ban personal custody, what does that mean for all of us with our with our sats in cold storage? Are we now criminals? Are we going to do that? Is that is that possible? It wouldn't be the first time the U.S. government has criminalized law-abiding citizens in no. just normal, non-violent behavior. It wouldn't could, be the first time. Could they do it today? And considering... we're not the only country. We're not the only country. No, but we're. I, I think to assume that self-custody prohibited, you can make it so it's prohibitively difficult to self-custody without, like, look what New York has done with guns, right? The Second Amendment doesn't allow New York to ban guns. 
They can't ban guns. Technically, you can requ- you can request a, a a gun permit from New York City Police Department. And they go through this nice constitutional, um, you know, abiding process to tell you that you're not qualified to take the gun. But they'll they'll push you through the whole regulatory bureaucratic rigmarole to pretend that you had an opportunity to get it, but they won't let you actually have the gun at the end of the day. Why would that be any different with Bitcoin? And I don't think this is FUD. I think this is just natural logic. No, yeah. And again, I'm pushing back. There's so many factors, right? It's different. Not a a weapon that can kill somebody. Not that I think guns should be banned. It's different arguments. Again, the political climate, the trust in politicians, all-time lows, the ability to communicate and push back, be a motivated Bitcoiners and plebs who already have stuff in self-custody exists and i think that movement could be powerful i don't know i'm playing devil's what i'm advocate. saying marty is all i'm saying is what i expect i expect this too just so you know uh, i i expect at least prohibitive withdrawals right so they make it as burdensome as possible for you to take self-custody and if you do anything on this transparent ledger that they disagree with they will just they will take down your account and if you try and and you try and open account in a different location, they will use your social credit score to make sure that you don't do that. And that is the expectation that I'm working under right now. And 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 the whole time we'll have like the pomps of the world tell us that you can still self custody, which will be the most infuriating part of the whole thing. And me and you will probably not be publicly talking about it at that point. And hopefully we won't be in court cases. That is what I'm, that is like the, the situation I'm operating under right now. Back to the beginning of the episode, the bullish news, the allies. Oh, I think Bitcoin will be pumping in that situation. <laughs> to be clear, I do not think that's a reason to sell your Bitcoin. Yeah, like it's a reason to buy more Jurisdictional Bitcoin. arbitrage. How could they ever deny Americans the ability to self-custody if it's going to be happening? In other places. I, again, I get what you're saying and I completely expect it too, but I'm hoping I, I'm ho- I, uh, I could see a way where it doesn't happen. That's all I'm going to say. The crazy thing to me is just like maybe 2019 me saying these things and I think I've been incredibly consistent. Me saying these things was outlandish, maybe a little bit provocative. Um. But 2020 just fucking happened. So if 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 you think being skeptical of your government is fud or conspiracy I'm not calling theory it fud. after 2020, have I called it fud? Have no, I'm not talking. I'm not. This is not directed to you, Marty. You are out of your fucking mind, right? I'm not you. I'm just saying anyone who thinks that this is like a fud conspiracy level theory concept after we watched globally businesses get shut down and just people just accept it um is out of their fucking mind yeah well we got on this tangent because the chief technical counsel of chain analysis going to fincen and the best thing we can do is keep building software that borks the heuristics used by these chain surveillance companies uh 
to make it harder to identify which Bitcoiners own which UTXOs. That won't stop FinCEN from not allowing you to take self-custody, which I hope doesn't happen. I Show don't me. think I will. I will agree that on. I don't think like in America we'll see. I don't think we'll see them go door to door and like take people's Bitcoin. Yeah, that's just that's logistically hard. And then, but Marty, you don't have terrible to, optics. You don't have to if you convince the majority the four years ahead of that that you just have them deposit into regulated institutions <laughs> for six percent. Then you don't even have to bother with that. You just you just hang the little carrot out. You hang the little carrot out. You let your fiat policies incentivize this massive buying of you know, incentivization of, of user-based growth. And then you wait till they're all captured and then you just prohibitively restrict withdrawals and you're good to go for the most part. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Not your keys, not your coins, freaks. If that FUD. If that, uh, if that does ever come to fruition, everybody holding all their stack on an exchange is going to, I wish they weren't because us self-custody and Bitcoiners are still going to have access to the P2P network. We're going to have control of our, our UTXOs. We're going to be able to move them and accept them. It's going to be a beautiful thing. Software updates. Blue Wallet version 6.0.8 has been released. Matt, you know the drill. Stop me when you want to talk about something. It's pretty hilarious. We just got to software. Go on. Uh, Hexa Wallet version 1.5.0 has been released. Cold card version 4.0.2. Big one. Uh, fixes that self-identified bug? No, that was fixed with the last one. They have a better brick method. Ah, uh, yes, yes. So yes, yes. If, you brick, if you put your brick pin in now, um, it doesn't brick it right away in front of the guy with the... And we keep saying $5 wrench. Like you can't buy a wrench for $5 now. Inflation. Like You got to pay like at least $20 for a good wrench. Uh, but like the guy who's going to do the $20 wrench attack um, previously on the cold card, when you brick the device, it just bricked right away. Like you put the brake pin in it just bricked right away. That's obviously horrible in that situation. In this case, now you provide the pin, you put it in. It looks like the regular countdown was going through the 13 pass phrases, but even if they pick the right one after that, it's going to brick regardless. So that's a, a nice, a nice bonus there. Um, it's cool to see them working on anti wrench type of, feature sets um and then the other thing they offer is now you can disable the usb altogether uh, in the settings which everyone should just go do that because you should be using an air gap mode so you can disable the data of the usb port and make it so it's only uh in air gap mode pretty dope pretty dope shout out to rodolfo and team Hit your goddamn bingo board. Sphinx Relay version 2.0.9 has been released. Sparrow Wallet version 1.3.2 has been released. And Electrum version 4.1.2 has been released. Light software update week. Sparrow is a big one too. Uh, Sparrow added SSL pinning for Electrum servers, which means that uh, uh, if you connect to an Electrum server and it's it works and you're in a trusted relationship, then in the future, if you connect back and that SSL certificate, that HTTPS, it changes signaling a man in the middle, it'll pop up a warning, uh, which is great. 
Shout out to all the teams working on the software out there. Helping to make the Bitcoin ecosystem more robust, provide more utility to Bitcoiners, more products, more optionality. It's a beautiful thing to see. Love all y'all. LexisNexis signed a contract to provide a database of 283 million people to the U.S. What is ICE? The, uh, the deportation to police? Yeah, yeah. Uh, international Customs and Enforcement or something? Uh, Sounds like I, I don't know what the I is, but it's immigration and custom and immigration. Yeah, immigration. There you go. Yeah, so this is uh, an article in The Intercept, which no longer houses Glenn Greenwald, which is a shame because he's an incredible journalist, founded the company, and it kicked him out for speaking the truth. Um, but eh, it's a good article. LexisNexis signed a $16.8 million contract. They're going to sell information again on 283 million individuals to to the u.s immigration and customs enforcement agency i thought lexus nexus was like a was like uh yeah everyone else did too it was like a journal like a school research they do thing. all sorts of collating whether that's journals or whether that's people they don't give a shit there's a lot of money in collating people like i thought it was like a jstor they're like good at databasing things so they database people as well oh that makes sense didn't know they were databasing people. I think the point of that one is, is like, guys, like you could just be just your email could have leaked from the ledger hack, but you combine that with something like this database from LexisNexis and then you're fully exposed, right? Um, all these data leaks as Bitcoin eats the world and as more and more people become Bitcoiners, they don't have to be Bitcoiner focused databases. It's just global corporate surveillance spreading and it's going to hit Bitcoiners across the world and they should just be aware of it. They're sending your data everywhere. They're selling it everywhere and it's getting leaked. This one was pretty massive. Is this like top five all time? I think so. We're talking about Facebook? Yeah. It's pretty bad. 522 million Facebook users info leaked online. Email addresses, marital relationships. It's really bad. What phone was numbers. It's really bad. Yeah. Um, and then right before we started this. 533 were, million. You, you were off by one the, on your keyboard. There was one off by one. Shout out Jeff Garzik. Uh, there was also, <laughs> there was also um, one that came out, I think, publicly scraped from... LinkedIn right before we released. Oh, really? But that was at least kind of public. I mean, I don't know if people realize LinkedIn, like if you don't have a LinkedIn account, you can't see anything that happens on LinkedIn, uh, which I don't have a LinkedIn account. So it wasn't public to me, but now all that information is out. That was like another 500 million. Um, I'm trying right now to look up the details of this Facebook one. It was Well, bad. the Facebook one's pretty egregious because they knew about it and they didn't warn users, right? So in early 2020, a vulnerability that enabled seeing the phone number linked to every Facebook account was exploited, creating a database containing the information of 533 million users across all countries. Phone numbers, Facebook usernames, full names, locations, birth dates, bios, and email addresses. <laughs> That's so bad. I'm happy I don't have Facebook or LinkedIn. 
so bad. Delete your LinkedIn freaks. It's such a terrible. I like kind of respect that. Like, if you're a pleb, like trying to make it in the world, like you kind of need it. Yeah, that's true. But I, I I'm it. fortunate enough to have got rid of mine a couple of years ago. Yeah, it's liberating. It gets like that should be a goal in life is to get to the point where you can delete your LinkedIn, just leave that wretched place behind for the rest of your life. Everybody's always asking me about Great America Mind. Like, what's your LinkedIn? I'm like, I don't have one. Sorry. That was another, like, maybe Uncle Marty is exuding his privilege right now. I do, like, I feel lucky to be able to do this, freaks, and to work at Great America Mining and to have gotten to where I am personally in my career. Because I don't like somebody was like talking to me about their resume earlier this week, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like I fucking forgot what a resume was. I'm when I'm in this position, I think I'm also unemployable moving forward. Like I have to to make this work or start another business by myself. I don't Talking about that. being unemployable, Marty thought I might not be in RHR this week. So yeah, God, but like just think about like the uh, resumes, LinkedIn. It's all annoying. I'm sorry if, if I'm sorry if uh, you know what I'm not. But there's sorry. like a whole there's a I whole LinkedIn Bitcoin community. You think we have like you think we have tales from the crypt? Like you think we have freaks in the LinkedIn Bitcoin community that like are shilling? They're like live commenting right now on LinkedIn <laughs> about I doubt us. Doubt it. LinkedIn's all like corny office jokes <laughs> and like fake stories. <laughs> about success i woke up at 4 30 had some lemon water worked out and then closed the biggest deal of my life it's, co- it's copy and pasted stories like I, it's all bullshit here's a thread about how i missed out on the coinbase fucking seed round <laughs> i was there i was at the cafe where brian armstrong <laughs> Was shilling to his bald brother Mark Andreessen uh, in the valley. We were we were at the coffee shop. I overheard. That's the other thing. It's like the CCI thing is Coinbase plus Paradigm plus Square. Coinbase is run by Brian Armstrong. Paradigm is run by Fred Ersham, co-founder of Coinbase. And then you have Square. And you have Square. Coinbase. An A16Z portfolio consolidation company. Uh, I could have got in on the seed round. Here's my LinkedIn story. If you're still yeah. on LinkedIn and you're talking about getting on Coinbase's seed round, you weren't able to get on Coinbase's seed round. Did Reed Hoffman get in on that? I don't know, bro. What else do we have on this list? Last but not least, Jake Stravinsky's Q1 review. I haven't read this yet. Is it good? So good. Fantastic. Thank you, Jake. The only thing that should be different is you should use Bitcoin instead of crypto in the title. Yeah, crypto law and policy. This is his sub stack. It should be Bitcoin law and policy. That sounds way better. Crypto is a subset of Bitcoin. Crypto is so cringy. So you can people- still talk about blockchain and NFTs and all the other bullshit you want to talk to, but call it Bitcoin law and policy, and then it's a subset. Yes, I agree. Just uh, that's my two sats, Jake. But besides that, fantastic, sorely needed. Appreciate your insight there. Yeah. So for you freaks who are unaware of who Jake is, 
Jake Stravinsky is a lawyer in the space and he has this law review uh, dives into the different uh, aspects of, of Bitcoin and law. FinCEN and FATF push AML regulation. The Biden administration staffs up. Bitcoin ETF hope rises. Robinhood hints at a bright future for DeFi and more. So that's the type of topics that that Jake talks about and, and tries to to bring a perspective, a lawyer's perspective to the conversation and keep you freaks abreast of what's going on in the regulatory world, the world of law, the long dick of the law. We're only getting longer. When are they going to stop writing more laws, Matt? Can we get like less laws? Can I don't we, know, like, Mark, you want to bet laws? on that one? <laughs> just There'll eliminate? be no laws in 2026. The law number has to go down. We need number go down technology. <laughs> is for, number for go up first? This is this is a number going up that's not good. It means that your civil liberties and your just freedom overall is decreasing. You have to be aware of more laws. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's ridiculous. It's like we're getting to the point where it's just like no matter who you are, you're breaking something. Yeah, you're breaking some law, and you don't even realize it's ridiculous. It's a bureaucracy at its finest. Yeah, before um, you know it, I'm never going to be able to do this podcast again because they're going to make a law that says you can't podcast with your pants off. It's Thank true. You. It's true. And I'm wearing pants, but you know, you know, this is one of the you know the freaks asked why am I annoyed with Marty is because. He pretends his camera's broken, but it's really just because he tries to record without his pants on. It's not um, only my pants, my shirt too. I've been recording naked <laughs> just last naked. month. He's just a hundred percent naked right now in his father-in-law's bedroom. Um, that's how I that's how I assert my dominance. <laughs> his shout out to Andrew. Uh, well, I forget his last name. Starts with a D. Uh, calling you out, he's like, "It's amazing what Marty can accomplish in his father-in-law's bedroom." Was he calling me out or giving me a com- I took it as a compliment. It was a it was a call out compliment, which is the best kind of compliment as far as I'm concerned. What is he tired of me mentioning the fact that I'm coming? No, to he's impressed. He's impressed, but he's also like it's not your bedroom. You know, like he hits you, he, he he's being a good friend about it. Like a good friend should rib you while complimenting you. Yeah, it's not my bedroom. He's yeah. got a TV here, he's got a desk. It's amazing, bro. Sliding door behind me. You got the birds chirping windows up. We're proud of you, Marty. The point is we're proud of you, but we're going to tease you while we're proud of you. That's it's this is a key aspect of 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 masculine friendship. Like yeah, no, ribbing, a good ribbing. Yeah, accept it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I think we should talk about the signal shitcoin. Oh my god. How did you not have that on the list? Because that's not Bitcoin related. But do you have an opinion on it? Yeah, I mean, it's fucking... It's, it's ridiculous. I don't recommend Signal. <laughs> well, this is, well, it's coming more apparent. Like Since they adopted the shitcoin, like, facts about how Signal actually works, like SGX or SXG, what is that? It's like it's a Borked. SGX. It's Intel's secure uh, element. And it's like a Borked. Closed source. It's a Borked secure element. No, it's just closed source. It's just a black box. Like we don't really know what's going on there. Yeah. I mean, mobile coins, centralized pre-mined shitcoin. It uses stellar validators in its consensus mechanism. It's like it's it's a Monero fork combined with stellar ripple. But they actually use stellar validators, correct? Like no, it's not, it's not the same. No, they the same it. design or the it's same stellar's value. consensus mechanism. Okay. 
mixed with Monero's protocol privacy mixed with SGX to scale it and also add additional privacy guarantees. Yeah. Well, I think it was poetically beautiful because I think Stellar, the fact that they're using Stellar's validator consensus mechanism, and I yeah. believe <laughs> Stellar validators like went down for a considerable amount of time this week. Well, I mean, the freaks might be aware that I've called Liquid Ripple without the shitcoin. This is Ripple with a new shitcoin. <laughs> uh that's a little bit it's more private i'll give them that it is more private is it though uh, no it is because first of all i have freaks in the comments saying sgx aka backdoored i agree 100 percent. you we should just assume that intel proprietary shit is all backdoored um but mobile coins privacy guarantees don't rely on only sgx if sgx is broken it's still basically Monero on, on the back end, um, written in Rust. They rewrote it in Rust. Um, so you still have some privacy guarantees there, but uh, you know they have like geo restrictions and shit. Everything about it just reeks scammy bullshit. Yeah. But I would argue that if you're against this, but you're fine with custodial yield, then maybe you should question where you stand. It always... It's always going to come back to custodial yield. For um, but yeah, no, they, they, this is a massive disappointment. Like they could have easily done this. Um, I don't think with lightning yet. I mean, look, Sphinx is the future, right? We have, we have encrypted onion routed communications um, that has payments baked in at the protocol level, right? Uh, permissionless payments baked in. Like this is like a clear example, right? Is the signal approach versus the Sphinx approach. Um, of a complete example of shitcoining versus not shitcoining. Uh, but at the same time, like if they were going to go with this trust model, you know, a closely held centralized shitcoin, uh, they could have done interesting things with a, like a, a Bitcoin sidechain here, like a liquid S type of situation with SGX, they could have still used SGX with confidential transactions. Um, and, and would it have been completely censorship resistant? No, but like mobile coin isn't. So the, 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 if I was going to steel man myself, the argument is that they want to create a way to make money sustainably for signal. But I, I still think that they, they could have taken some kind of fees if you paid through them, right? Like you use their centralized side chain and, and you just get, you, you, have, you have to pay them 1% or a 0.5% or something. Yeah. They didn't need a pre-mine. They didn't need a pre-mine to fucking monetize it. Yeah, Sphinx has it figured out. I mean, Sphinx doesn't have it completely figured out, Marty. That's important for us to acknowledge. But I mean, scaling, then that's a lightning right. problem. But I think the incentives of how to you look monetize. at the comparison, right? And it's just like you see who's the rent seeker and who's not yeah. very easily. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what I got on top of my head. It's really disappointing because I've convinced so many of my friends and family to switch to Signal. And I guess the one positive is it's such a shitcoin that it's geo restricted to UK only. <laughs> so like 
at least I know like the New Yorkers I got on board because of the bit license. Like they probably can't even use this feature for fucking five, six years. But that's exactly why th- this is a bullshit integration. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Well, well, it's yeah. I mean, it's very disappointing. I've been a signal user. Whatever. I mean, it's it's they're trying to monetize these apps. They don't know to. It's a shame that the resort to shit coining. I think streaming sats and paying a dev fund a portion of the sat streamed is is the future. Is it scalable right now? Probably not. We'll get there. I think so. I think so. We're going to end it on on the leaderboard at the Masters. Justin Rose, leader after 15, four under. Matsuyama in the club clubhouse with a, with a 69. That's three under. So is Harmon. Reed uh, is in the clubhouse with a 70. That's a minus two. And Simpson at minus two as well. It's the uh, top five players at the Masters currently. Rose in first through 15. Not in the clubhouse yet. Subject to change. This is what people don't realize. Like, I'm I am extremely critical of Michael Saylor and you know, don't trust verify, and I will not um stop being critical of him. Uh, but it's very rare for someone to come in and just understand it on the Bitcoin level so so clearly. Um uh, uh, all these guys are all going to, especially on the tech side, they're going to come in. They're always going to come in on the shitcoin side. And th- this is what we're seeing with the signal thing. It's, it's a very, it's a very rare case that they come in. They're like lightning Bitcoin, you know, and, and like we, we need to use Bitcoin only solutions. Like it's a very, very, very rare. Uh, they will almost always come in on the shitcoin side and then they will learn uh, an expensive lesson. Um, I just want to do a quick shout out. Um, John Vallis uh, is going to be a co MC at uh, Bitcoin 2021 alongside Peter McCormick. I'm very excited for Vallis to be running that shit. I think it's going to be a great fucking job by him. Um, so you I didn't, consider- get asked, I didn't get asked to be an MC. Neither of us did. We don't want to be MCs. I know, I know. That job. Uh, I I think Vallis is going to be fucking perfect for this. I think he's going to fucking kill it. So I'm super excited for it. Um, I I really I I can't really think of a better option. It's it's very difficult for me to think of a better option. So if you don't have a ticket yet, consider joining us out there. Um, yeah, and uh, besides that, oh, I'm so I I also have this this other this organization that I teased earlier that I've been helping that is going to launch that's trying to support open source developers. Uh, the idea is basically free open source developers getting support from Bitcoiners. So if you're a Bitcoiner that's trying to support open source development, um, reach out to me. Um, and uh, we're just trying to create like an organization that's 100% pass through. We, t- we take no money and it just goes straight to the developers. Uh, so if, if you're interested in doing that, reach out to me and hopefully it'll launch right before the conference. Um, besides all that, you know, it's the usual. I will not go dark on you before dispatch on Tuesday and I'll not go dark on you before RHR next week. I love you all and stay humble, stack sets. Keep crushing freaks. We're going to win. Have some confidence. Stand up. Speak up. Be strong. Do your push-ups. 
don't know about cardio. Love all just y'all. Just do your push-ups. <laughs> just do your push-ups. I love it. Maybe push-ups is cardio. Love all y'all. Thank you guys for coming back. We love it. If you're liking this, please share with friends, rate, review. Give us some feedback. Send us some shout-outs. No more hexadecimal shout-outs. Peace and love, freaks. Okay. Freaks together strong. <laughs>